Welcome to Freaks and Creeks, a Dawson's Creek podcast, the show where four millennials who missed the boat 25 years ago take the dive for the first time. Join us as we experience the series with a fresh perspective week to week and see if our adolescent experiences match up with Dawson and the gang. My name is Cody. I'm Stella. I'm Mallory. And I'm James. And this week we are talking about season one, episode four, Discovery. This episode aired on February 10th, 1998. And the synopsis is Dawson turns to Jen for comfort after learning about his mom's affair with her co-anchor Soft B Bob, as well as Joey's knowledge of it. But he regrets doing so when Jen tells him some of her own problems involving her promiscuity and the real reason her parents forced her to move to Capeside. Meanwhile, Pacey and Tamara continue to tempt fate with their affair, which was compromised because Dawson accidentally videotaped it. Written by Kevin Williamson and John Harmon Feldman, and it was directed by Steve Miner. And this was quite the episode. Um, what did you all think about it this watch? How did it treat you, Stella? Um, so I watched it like right after the last episode, and I was in shock. I like couldn't believe a lot of the things that were happening. Like as we say, you know, keep saying they keep doubling down on. <laughs> Fun things. And um yeah, I mean it was a fun, fun time. I'm really curious to see how the story is going to continue. Cause I feel like, you know, a lot of things, a lot of the storylines are um like go like climaxing very quickly. Yeah. Um so yeah, I'm really curious to see what what will continue to happen. Yeah, it's it's pretty wild how quickly we are getting the kind of resolution for some of this stuff, or at least what we're, what seems like a resolution. Mal, what did you think about this episode? Yeah, it was, I feel like it was an intense one. Um, kind of Dawson's world is starting to cave in around him, getting a lot of reality checks and it's kind of nice to see him out of this like fantasy world that he's built, you know, up for himself. Um, also loved Jen's fashion in the episode. I will Hell be mentioning yeah. some things on that. Um, and the music was great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. I mean, I thought the music was initially, you know, as I was noting the music and finding the songs for this, I was like, what is this shit? A lot of it is just, I didn't, I couldn't place, I didn't know. But after like having the episode kicking around in my head and rewatching it a couple times, the music is actually really good in this episode. It kind of really stuck with me. I pulled a couple little clips that we'll play later, but um, the there's, yeah, I mean, Bare Naked Ladies getting yes. in yeah, on that. Yeah, that was sick. Mm-hmm. I noted that. I, <laughs> yeah, Toad the Wet Sprocket makes a valiant return as well with another song. Is that so. the post-grunge song that happens a couple times? Yeah. With like that feedback intro? Yep. Man, that was I great. Clipped, I clipped yeah. that. So we got some good, some good times coming. But Cody, what was your thoughts on this episode? Yeah, I thought it was much better than the previous episode, which was kind of a train wreck. This seemed like, in a in a way, a return to form, but also it seemed like it was paving the way for a balance of everything. Like all of the things that have really stood out to us, I think with like hyper stylized dialogue and relationship stuff like there, it seems like it's all kind of all over the place, but this seemed to strike like a really good balance with all of the things that um, were kind of too loud. I think in the previous few episodes, obviously the Pacey and uh, Miss Jacob stuff uh, sucks shit. And um, we're in the long haul with that. But uh 
I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. At least, I don't know. Fuck yeah. it. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> I mean, it, it really sucks that it was like... <laughs> I feel like we need to do a supercut of every every time we've talked about how much this Pacey and Miss Jacobs thing sucks because it's probably like 55 plus minutes at this point of us just being like, how are they doing this? Why are they doing this? Why are they continuing to do this? And there's no signs of it stopping now. I mean, I I think this episode, initially I was with all of you. I thought it was great. I loved it. When I rewatched it, I was left with this just like empty feeling, which mm. was really strange. I couldn't care less about it. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was just kind of like, huh, okay. And I, yeah, I think I felt a little bit of that too when I rewatched it. I was like, not as excited. <laughs> right. Which is weird because like, interesting. Huh. I think what I like about this episode is that I feel like we're actually finally getting to see some outcomes right we're not just getting more setup i feel like we've been getting a ton of setup in all of the episodes um as far as you know like characters beginning to kind of establish what their arc is or we mm-hmm. get the first steps towards their arc and in this episode we get a little bit of resolution so it felt good in the moment which is i think why we all had such a positive first watch but on the rewatch it just felt very quick and just like surface level and mm-hmm. i i had a hard time really engaging with 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 more of the episode as uh, as i as i watched it later sorry val is playing with the basketball in the hallway and oh, she's cute. just going wild on that thing <laughs> you know all all the reasons it seems like that you weren't into it is like why i think i'm attracted to the show more is i I mean, it's funny because uh, we came into Dawson's Creek having just finished Gilmore Girls, which is like Mm. so light and breezy and slice of life. So going into Dawson's Creek, I was really hoping for that same vibe, which it hasn't been at all. But in this episode, there were like a couple of moments where it's like very breezy and it's like, (laughs) oh, we're just hanging out. And I'm like, yes, give me that. Like, (laughs) like, except for like some drama that unfolds, like for one minute, I just thought that, uh, Joey and Dawson were going shopping for an anniversary gift. And I was like, yes, I want a full episode of just that. Like, I don't need the drama. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I I like that we're getting a new location. We got the store. We haven't really (laughs) been there yet. A name store. The news station. The news station. Like the park. Like, it feels Mm -hmm. like we're... We're building out more of Cape Side. Yeah. Yeah. I I liked the the shots of, like, the street, like, just, like, the town or, like, the main street. It Mm -hmm. looked really, like you and like i don't know it's fun to see some of those like yeah just like oh this is what the the main main street looks like yeah (laughs) and it seemed like really well like it it seemed lived in like there were people around and it like a coastal town that totally made me want to go there yeah yeah Mm -hmm. it no longer feels like a town of 20 i think after seeing this episode like it actually feels like there are people who live here there are people who have lives and jobs outside of (laughs) miss jacobs and 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 Dawson's mom, basically, mm-hmm. who are the only people who <laughs> seem to have anything to do. Also, something with this episode that like finally clicked with me is not in a good way, but <laughs> Dawson has this like cutesy kind of like I'm a man child kind of like, oh, I didn't really know that. Like he's a little baby man when it comes to sex and relationship stuff. And it's really creeped me out this entire time. And I finally realized like what he's trying to do. And it reminded me of Ethan Embry in the greatest nineties teen uh, yeah. movie. Can't hardly wait. Cause like, he's like a really similar character mm. where he like, 
he doesn't know anything about relationships, but he's, he's like projecting all this, like I'm in love, I'm in love and I'm in love, you know, and, mm. and Ethan Embry slayed that character. Like he did mm. a really good job of being that kind of like adolescent love, cutesy, like I'm a romantic weirdo. Whereas whenever James Vanderbeek does it, it makes my skin crawl. Yes. <laughs> I was about to say, like, yeah. I had the biggest crush on Ethan Embry in that movie and I could not be uh, less attracted <laughs> to James Vanderbeek. Beak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, James Vanderbeek. Love you. I'm yeah. sure you're a nice guy. He seems like a great guy, but I totally agree. This episode, there's a, specifically the scene outside of Jen's grandma's house when yes. there, we'll soon we'll be getting into our scene by scene. Uh, but when when that scene happens, Dawson is disgusting to me. The way that he's talking, he's like, he, 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 oh, okay, well, are we, I get, I take it, we're not alone then. He, 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 it's just like this, like, <laughs> it's so gross. And he's got his eyebrows up and his lips pursed and he's just got this, like, the, there's no other way to describe it besides then the director probably was like, hey, pretend you're 13. Yeah, totally. You know, like, it's just like that youthful look on his face, but it he doesn't pull it off and it just comes across as creepy to me it just feels really creepy and weird um so yeah i haven't Absolutely. seen can't hard can't hardly wait is oh that what we're you doing you a seen it? Watch. i mean maybe i've we'll seen it, it but it, i definitely don't know like oh, what that's been a while that since is. i've watched it that is oh, we like should do such a, a yeah oh man oh yeah the is 90s it? vibes that we wanted from this right. like mm. is turned up to 11 with that really? movie yeah oh. it's like so yeah good. it's so perfect it's just like the the most 90s like high school party wow. like movie wow. like it's just like yeah feels very nostalgic yeah they well, basically take the concept of every teen movie is like the best scene is always the party so let's make an entire movie of just the party and that's like fun. cut the fat and it nice. rules that's fun yeah i mean maybe we need to do a side episode where we watch that and start getting into some 90s films because um i definitely want more this episode did introduce more slice of life stuff. It is doing more world building, which is, I think, something that I really want. But it also just makes me hungry for more 90s media content. Mm -hmm. And I think I'm starting to battle with this idea that, like, you know, we came into Dawson's Creek with next to no knowledge about what this is, aside from the crying James Vanderbeek meme. Mm -hmm. That's kind of what we had, plus the, at least speaking for myself, that plus the title credits, you know. Um, so... I'm starting to learn this is a lot less 90s referential intentionally so sure. than it is it's it is nostalgic for the 90s because it was one of the biggest shows of the 90s you know it does it they I'm not getting this feeling of like they're really trying to set this in the 90s right like there, there's like a level of timelessness to how yes. things are going I mean there there it has could be been the 90s those, it could be the 60s it could be the 2000s cuz they're kind of agnostic of culture yeah yeah it's in the times like time bubble. Yeah, the only feels. thing that ever really comes across as super nineties to me is the fashion, obviously, Definitely, but yeah. also like when they do the super stylistic dialogue because that yes. kind of just sounds like Buffy or any other show from that time period. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, it's a it's a time capsule by by proxy of being a show made in the nineties, exactly. but it doesn't. It feels like they were intentionally trying to not make it feel like the nineties. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I want an episode where they go to a Smash Mouth concert. <laughs> <laughs> well, we almost got that with the Bare Naked Ladies. Yeah, for real. <laughs> also wanted to point out, like I hadn't noticed this yet, but during the end credits it said that Mike White was a creative consultant on this show. Oh, wow. And uh, yeah, so like he's like known for being the showrunner of HBO's White Lotus and Enlightened. He also wrote School of Rock. And he's also one of my favorite contestants on season 37 yes. of Survivor, David versus Goliath. But 
super cool. And I looked like looking at his writing career, like 98 is pretty much when he got to start. He also uh, wrote another hmm. movie that came out that year too. Um, but yeah, like I, I would love to know more about Mike White being in that writer's room. This right. doesn't really feel like something that he would write. So wait, did you see if he has been on multiple, like wrote on multiple episodes of Dawson's or he gets, uh, the writing credit for like four or five episodes, oh, okay. I think. Oh wow. Yeah. And it's like season one and season two. And he probably left after that cause hmm. you know, he became really big. So, well, I don't want to wait for our lives to be over <laughs> to get into it. <laughs> Let's go ahead and get started then, Cody. All right. So we open on Dawson and Joey watching back footage from what I assume is either Dawson's not great horror movie or his peeping Tom coverage of Jen. Uh, This opens the floodgates to Joey riff on Jen's looks and predict her entire lifetime of privilege. And while Dawson is swapping out some tapes, uh uh-oh, they land on a tape of Pacey and Miss Jacobs having sex, which is how we finished the last episode. And it's important to note that Dawson here also drops the tidbit that his parents' 20th wedding anniversary is right around the corner. So the footage that they are watching of Jen is the exact same footage of her Hey Pretty Girl entry in episode (gasps) one. (laughs) I checked. That's so funny. That's That's wild. (laughs) How meta is that? (laughs) That's incredible. Yeah. They're watching a scene from Dawson's Creek. Wow. I love it when shit happens like that, where they're just recycling their own footage to be a clip. Man, that's crazy. That's crazy. I didn't catch that at all, but you're right, because I don't remember them shooting um, any like hair flipping stuff. The cab is in the back, and she's wearing the exact same outfit, same lighting, the same time of day. Great (laughs) catch, Mal. Wow, I love that. Um, Yeah, I kind of... My some of my first thoughts were like wondering why. I mean, we know why. Like Joey is jealous of Jen, but um, I was like, why is Joey still hating so much on Jen? Like, I feel like they've had quite a few positive interactions where Jen has been really like kind and generous to Joey, and Joey seems to like see that and like appreciate it in the moment. Um, JoJo's in love with Dawson, though. I know, no, yeah. I know. So that's what I'm saying. Like, yes, we know right. that she's jealous, but it just seems like okay. Like, clearly, she's not like. I don't know. She's like trying to be friends with you. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I know. I, that was the note that I took as well. I was just like, why is she so mean here? She is being ruthless for, for Jen, who we have seen be, um, positive. They've, they've been nice to each other. And Jen, I think has more often than not extended the olive branch to Joey, who, as you're saying, has like reciprocated. She's accepted that and been nice back. So it just felt really out of, place like like maybe um they forgot that they shot those scenes (laughs) or you know they shot this before they added that those kinds of olive branch scenes and in for those previous episodes i think it speaks to the time of where the show was when the show was airing because a lot you know we weren't really that used to serialized like the serialized format of television so I think that like with their show Bible, maybe a note was like, Joey is always kind of like having a tiff with Jen because Joey loves Dawson. And maybe right. they're just like, oh, I guess we have to like keep that established for all of the people that are tuning in every other episode. Hmm. Right. Maybe. I mean, that's my guess. Because it is, I mean, you're right. Like we've already gotten numerous scenes where it seems like they're kind of like creating a friendship. So. Totally. Yeah. yeah, it feels, it just feels very, I mean, that's probably, you're probably right. I bet the show Bible says that Joey's first instinct is to always distrust and downplay Jen. 
And that's what she's done consistently. Every opportunity, her first instinct is always to be, especially if she's alone, to shoot her down and make her seem kind of, yeah, you know, basic, basically. Yeah. Maybe it's more, it's just her way of expressing her annoyance at Dawson. Yeah. But she's like using Jen as the, I don't know. Yeah, she's very jealous. That, I think yeah, that it, it really yeah. underscores the jealousy aspect of the, of this relationship. Um, I clipped something here as for the transition into the 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 opening credits, and I love this episode. I think introduced something that I really appreciated, which is very strange music cues that are not ref- like you won't. I don't know what song this is. I have no fucking idea. I have no way of finding out what song <laughs> this is. But they use like a five second clip of it so here's this music cue i'm gonna play it here it's just somebody saying yeah very for a long time and i love it Is this during the zoom in? Yeah, on Miss the Jacobs. Zoom after yeah. they, after you know, they're reviewing this sex tape and they realize it's Miss Jacobs, and that is the climax sound that is that's being that as they Along make that realization. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's just it, 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 it. They haven't done this yet in this show. Just used a strange music cue like that. Every every music cue so far has basically been like a needle drop. We're dropping right into the chorus of the song. We're dropping right into like the most memorable part of these songs, and instead we get that which is very atmospheric it was cool i liked it i feel like it was the it's the first of many in this episode yes yeah definitely very interesting shift yes (laughs) but that that zoom on miss jacobs like really was just a little too much like it was like let's get closer and closer Mm -hmm. yeah her facial expression was just like okay i know i'm a i know i'm a one-trick pony and i bring up david lynch and Twin Peaks probably every episode, but it reminded me of the footage of Laura Palmer dancing oh, at, yes. the, oh. at the picnic. And I was like, wow, they're really zooming in on this. It's pretty scary. Yeah. I had a question, which was why are they zooming in on this? I couldn't tell if it was the camera zooming in on it or if it was our camera zooming in on it because then they just set the camera up stationary. So why are we ours. getting a slow zoom on it? Right. Our camera. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, it didn't translate to me. I was also probably just so taken aback by what was happening in that moment. It's the audience POV. <laughs> We're getting sucked into the world of drama. Cody, I wanted to ask you, did you notice his little like editing deck that he was working on when he was on his bed? No, I didn't actually. Oh man, it was so cool. I was trying to figure out what it was. So for the listeners, he had a double VHS set up as I'm presuming he is playing the footage from his dailies and then bouncing it to another VHS recorder that he's compiling down. So he's got two VHS tapes on top of his, 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 his TV that he's watching on the bed. And then on his lap, he's got this super cool little editing deck. It's got a wheel and a stylus and a couple buttons and he's, he's controlling the playback from this. And I know it's the nineties, but it was so cool looking i wanted it i wanted i wanted it so bad if anybody knows what that is please write in and tell us because i'm gonna buy one and just pretend it does something yeah (laughs) r.i.p the analog age right we had to do all that stuff it's so cool it was so cool dawson like this episode continues uh my love for dawson stuff that makes me wish like if i was a little kid and i watched this i'd be like dawson is so cool like we talked about a street sign that said like dawson street or whatever and then this like analog like editing tool that he has but also later he has like a hollowed out book Yes. For to hide mysterious stuff. And little kid me always wanted that. Yeah. It was so cool. 
put my like troll dolls in there. This one has a cool boat bookshelf. Don't yeah, know if anyone does. has noticed oh, no. that yet. It's like yeah. a canoe. It's a canoe. It's like half a canoe upside down. That's and so cool. It's his bookshelf. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They really have to lean into it if they're in Capeside, right? Of course. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Got to reinforce that, that water connection. Well, with this, we go into the opening credits here. We get our fourth introduction to I Don't Want to Wait. And it's just beautiful. <laughs> it, it gets better every single time. Yeah, I don't think I'll ever hit the skip intro button for no, that. I almost no. did this time. Really? <laughs> like, okay, never mind. I just I feel, like have, watching them have fun. I, yeah, I did. Yeah. I did. Like, at first I wanted to skip it, and then I was just like watching them have fun, and I did appreciate it. And I was like, this is sweet, I guess. I feel like I noticed something new every mm-hmm, time yeah, I watch totally, it. Yeah. Like, this time I noticed the uh, there's a shot of Dawson, uh, Dawson, Joey, and Pacey just. I don't know what they're doing in a boat. boat. Yeah, Yeah, but they're just like, hey, going side to side. And like both Dawson and Pacey look like they're just kind of like jerking from side to side. And then Joey is in between them, like kind of dancing sensually. It's really weird. It's just like the most confusing thing to me. And I noticed it this time for the first time. I was like, what's happening? Well, that's what are we seeing? (laughs) Yeah, I want to know what like the directions were for. Yeah. Yeah. I want, I, I almost feel like they just walked around with a camera and were like, yes, just play, <laughs> just play. Yeah. But it's also like the most, like they seem so happy and I feel like we have, we don't really see no. them that happy. Yeah, exactly. Either. So it's like, especially yeah. collectively. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, are they ever this happy? Yeah. I think right. that's, you know, like how I said earlier, I wanted this to be a slice of life show. I think it's because the only thing I knew about the show also was the intro credits. So yeah. in my mind, I'm like, man, all they do is just have a good time. Yeah. Like, they're just playing life. on boats. <laughs> if only. All right. So we come back and the gang is eating at the ice house discussing Miss Jacobs' sex tape. And while Pacey is completely losing it out of fear of being caught, Dawson confirms that no one can tell who the guy is in the tape. But Pacey begs to see it. I don't really have, like, I don't have much to say about this. Um, I, you know, did notice the uh, continued, like, uh, teasing dialogue between Pacey and Joey. And um, they called each other pervert pervert and prude. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I felt like this scene is guaranteed. This is where I'm locking in my vote that that Joey and... Pacey eventually have mm-hmm. a either a fling if not a full-on boyfriend girlfriend high school relationship because this is where we see Joey is like I don't know did you guys think that when Dawson and Joey are talking about this sex tape they look very excited about it absolutely and yes. Joey looks very excited about this mystery man figure with the bulging neck yes. muscles and the yeah. brown hair it, she's like essentially I, I was like she's a, she finds that person attractive. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I would have probably said this would be by season two, but we've been so off on all of our predictions. Mm-hmm. It's going to mm-hmm. be next episode, probably. and they're going to yeah. be making out. <laughs> yeah, I wonder something. Like, yeah, I definitely agree. I feel like it's going to happen soon, and I just wonder, like, how. I'm excited to see how it happens because, yeah. like, is it just going to like hit her like a ton of bricks? Like, how how mm. will they? S- see that right. you know well it's it's she's yeah. gonna realize who, the boy in the tape and i mean oh you think more people will find out oh yeah yeah, yeah. this is gonna the beans yeah. will be spilled yeah. and especially now that 
he takes the tape with him later on. Yeah, so yeah. the tape is out of its safe holding. Mm. Yeah. And she'll be like, oh my God, that was him the whole time. The bulging <laughs> neck muscle. It's like the Seinfeld yeah. where Elaine leaves the sexy voicemail right. on Jerry's <laughs> machine and George is like, who is this sexy woman? And then when he finds out it's Elaine, he's like, am I in love with Elaine? <laughs> like, that's what's going to happen. What I found interesting was we had the heightened sexual dialogue but in this situation, it wasn't one of the boys doing it. It wasn't Pacey and Dawson as it normally is, generally Pacey. It was Joey ramping it up in, in sexual in sexualization by accusing Pacey of only wanting to watch this tape to flog the bishop in privacy. Yeah. God. You know, so interesting. <laughs> Nobody is innocent in this show of being a disgusting fucking pervert. Yeah. I just feel bad for Joey that they all hang out at her place of work. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, this is now like two episodes in a row that they're hanging out at the ice house. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you know they're asking for free sodas <laughs> oh and some God. fries and all that shit. Yeah, I hope, <laughs> I, I hope that she gets like some kind of something out of it um all right so like after that uh dawson walks jen home and he clearly wants to lay a big fat smooch on her but she's a little hesitant especially considering grams is staring at them through the window jen says that they should hold off since it's all about building anticipation of when they're finally going to have their next makeout sesh but says screw it and goes for it this is the first time we see them holding hands Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. This episode, we really ramp up. Uh, they have been on a steady course. Last episode, they really ramped up their like flirtation to in a way that felt strange to me, frankly, from like they have this kind of buddy, buddy flirtatious relationship in episode two. Episode three, it is very hot and heavy flirtation. Mm-hmm. And then in this one, they're holding hands and like PDA is a thing. So yeah, we, we've got the full, we've got a pretty defined curve here and yeah. i predict that we're going to see a downward spiral start <laughs> pretty soon here especially with what we see with the rest of this episode yeah i guess you're right there's a lot of normalization of relationships in general in this i mean like it's also with like pacey and tamara is how you pronounce her <laughs> name uh like even though that's a fucking disgusting plot point like their relationship is played as just like there's they're just another yeah. cute couple uh-huh. yeah mm-hmm. yeah i want to first call out on jen's outfit oh yeah um very 90s you know, minimalism cool. uh, has that monochromatic short dress. Like, yeah, thing? it's like a yeah, it's a mini skirt. I think it was like plum and black plaid, and then she has a mock neck, like plum, same plum color top, and then like platform sandals. Very so. cool. Very She's cool. Kill, killing it this episode. Yes. Yeah, I'm with Grams though. This is disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> Why did they wait until just then to make out too? Like. And they're like a foot away from the house. They can see Grams is staring right at him. Why on, she purpose? Such a she creep. on purpose. Yeah. yeah. Well, to- and this is what we kind of talked about before. This is where Dawson breaks out the baby talk. God, and I just hate the it. like weird. He also has the weirdest brag ever here where <laughs> he is talking about Pacey and he's like, you know, Pacey's all all bark and no bite, basically. He talks about sex a lot, but he's actually never done it. He's harmless, basically. And then Jen says I've noticed that the people who talk about it are the worst at it or something. And he's like, well, I never talk about it at all. Yeah. And he's got this, like, he's so proud of himself. Like, aren't I a good guy? No, actually you're, you're, you're just as disgusting as he is. You're just, you are more like holier than thou Mm -hmm. about it. I've put a lot of incel flack on Pacey, obviously from the few episodes that we've gotten of him because he's gross. But a lot of that nice guy insult shit is coming from Dawson too with this yeah. like, I'm just a cute little baby. Why why won't you give me the smooch smooch? Yep. Like, 
it's you're not Ethan Embry, dude. No, it's not working for me. Mm-mm. All right, so <laughs> uh, Grams is waiting in the kitchen to give Jenna. Hey, you're moving way too fast, speech. But Jen isn't having it. Jen insists it's only a kiss, and Grams repeats that it was only a kiss. And for a second, I thought that they were going to go into a sing along to Mr. Brightside. Yeah, it felt yeah. like if this was made in 2006, we would have gotten a killer's needle drop right then and there, and you know we would have transitioned to like a emo high school scene. So um, the moment when Jen opens the fridge and takes out the milk, pours a glass of milk for herself. <laughs> I rarely drink milk, but I, whenever I like see that in a show, I think of like the got milk ads. <laughs> so I did a little research. Oh, no. And um, there was a got milk ad in 1998 with Pacey, not oh. Joshua Jackson, Pacey. What? And I have to read the quote. <gasps> oh, my wow. on it. <laughs> so he's sitting in a boat and it <laughs> reads... <laughs> Quote, I can't help it. Women of all ages look up to me. Why? I'm six foot two. Thanks in part to milk. The calcium helps bones grow strong. Considering 15% of your adult height is added when you're a teenager, that's good to know. Especially if you want to impress, let's say, older women. Stop it right End now. quote. Oh my, wait, was there like a, did you watch a clip of this? No, it's, um, it's a, a print, print ad. ad. A print oh, ad. I have okay. a, yeah, I have a picture of it. I'll we'll post guys. that we'll on post our that, social. Yeah. Everybody can that sucks. enjoy that. Yes. Big milk. Yes, yes, yes. Wow. That yeah. is amazing. It's funny because uh, do any of you remember those got milk ads? Oh, like, yeah. yeah they were so the sexy. They yeah, would, were so often like people just pouring milk on themselves. And shit <laughs> uh, yeah. Like I remember that. like a lot of cleavage. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Okay. I don't remember any of that. I just remember. Well, you weren't a like, nine-year-old boy yeah. watching those commercials <laughs> or seeing those print ads like, wow. Oh, wow. Wow. That is the best piece of uh, information yeah, I've learned. Find. Yeah. yeah. Dang. Research How did you find historian. that? Did you just Google? I just Googled it. <laughs> milk. I thought, huh. Dawson's Creek milk. And she doesn't drink it in the scene. No. She pours it. No. And, and she hold, pours is holding it while biggest. she's kind of talking to Grams, you know. <laughs> But, Wait, did you Google got milk Dawson's Creek? Yeah, well, I Googled got milk ad Dawson's Creek. That's oh, so cool. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was shocked at the size of the glass of milk that she poured. That was all it's I wanted disgusting. to say. I don't know the last time I drank a full glass of milk. And still, you start every day high, with a big old glass Probably when milk. I was in high school. Anyway. This podcast <laughs> brought to you by... Big milk. milk. <laughs> yeah, big milk. Uh <laughs> I think there's some numerology going on here in Graham's house. I didn't, I couldn't quite crack the code here, but <laughs> if you notice in the beginning when Jen walks in, there are seven rolling pins on the wall. Seven. Wow. She has a rack of seven rolling Collection. pins. Then uh, behind the the backsplash on the sh- on where the stove is on the back wall, there are five pot holders, mm-hmm. uh, each different decorative pot ho- holders. On the other side of the stove top, there's at least two, but I think there's more than that. Decorative plates, like commemorative plates, up above the cup, the cupboards <laughs> on the top. There's like four or five different decorative pots is all i can say so there's some numerology going on here i am starting to concoct a theory that i will share with you later because it oh, comes shit. comes full circle but just know this now they they yeah. have some advanced like uh you know it's like that 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 nick cage movie um uh about the oh, what, what was that yeah knowing 
No, no. Well, maybe that one, but the about the treasure hunt on the back of the Constitution. Oh, national treasure. National treasure. <laughs> it's like national treasure. All right, there's a tie-in here to some cryptozoological. Oh my god, uh, stuff that I just can't wait to really crack when we get. Maybe more. it's like the lost Exciting. numbers. Like if you you know that's how you get to the hatch and. Yep. And I, I believe it. Who knows where this show is going? Yeah. So over at the Leary household, Dawson's parents, Mitch and Gail, also established in the pilot as Mister and Missus Manmeat are in a heated conversation about Mitch's facial hair scarring. Mrs. Manmeat has apparently never noticed a big old gash in his chin, and Mr. Manmeat thinks that this is absolutely nuts, since he considers it grotesque and extremely visible. Dawson pops into the frame and recognizes the scar and remembers the moped accident that caused it from 10 years ago and dips to his room after the Manmeats start making out. You know, obviously, like, love affairs are complex, you know, people <laughs> cheat for different reasons. But, like, I've noticed, I mean, I noticed in this episode and in other episodes that, like, Dawson's mom still seems to, like, really love Dawson's mm-hmm. dad. Like, they don't seem to have a lack of passion. Like, the way that they kissed was, like, seemed very right. passionate. Mm-hmm. Um, they're always like very affectionate. Like, they haven't shown conflict. Because, yeah, yeah. They, yeah, yeah, and they just seem ha- like they seem happy. Um, right. She's a sex addict. And, you know, maybe that's part of it. Who knows? Maybe. I mean, yeah. like it just um, when I was watching them, it I was just like, I don't. I wonder. I want to know why she's having this affair. Like, yeah. what is going on? The one thing that kind of popped out the line was when Mister Leary mentions her working late often. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was kind of like the. Yeah, that it seems like you know maybe he kind of deep down he knows something's up, but Agreed. doesn't want to mm. come to terms with that. Yeah, I, I this scene was interesting to me initially. I was disgusted by it because it's just like, hey, remember when you asked for kissing lessons, son? Watch this shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna make my fucking lip dance all over yeah. your mom's face right now. But after my rewatch, I started to kind of think about this scene a little bit more. And his dad, Mister Manmeat, seems. Like he's onto it, onto something here. He's, he kind of, you know, he's like, maybe you should come home and, you know, and see my face in the light sometime. Yeah. He, yeah. I think he does deep down sense something. And I think mm-hmm. that their weird, incredibly physical relationship is because he is trying to keep her here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a good read. Cause later when we see uh soft beat Bob, uh, God, I don't remember the numbers, but Dawson says like, like on at six and 11 or yeah. something like yeah. that. And it's like, if they're co-anchors, that means that she's on at 11 o'clock at night right. too. So oh, if, right. if Mr. Leary is working a nine to five or whatever, like he never sees his wife. Yeah. Yeah. Do we know if uh, Dawson's dad has a job or is he just like... <laughs> He's make- working on the blueprints yeah, for yeah. aquatic restaurant. <laughs> yeah. He's an eccentric entrepreneur. All right. <laughs> and if this show was made now, he'd be really into crypto. <laughs> yes. He's going to yeah. make the ice house go out of business. <laughs> uh, anyone else think Gail looked like she was wearing a towel? Yeah. I couldn't figure out... It, that red silk slip thing slip. Yeah. Yeah. felt very sexy for just like lying around the house. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, It was kind of like a lounge dress. Yeah. And then she, she grabs Mr. Manmeat's shirt and rips him in for a kiss. It's just, I don't know. I could have done without all of it. I loved every second of it. I know you do. Also, just one one note, uh, just more data sounding dialogue uh, coming from Dawson just went to this line is like the scar you got from the moped accident 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> like, okay. Mr. Robot. I know ex- the exact date and time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, it, we can't see the scar. He's like, Oh yeah. I wish we could right. have like had a little, you know, the way that you're talking about it. I was like, what, like what, what scar? Yeah. yeah. So up in Dawson's room, <laughs> 
Pacey is rummaging through all of Dawson's tapes in search of the Miss Jacobs sex tape. Dawson's rightfully freaked out because he's just now realizing that Pacey is a sex-possessed pervert <laughs> and uh, hands him the tape. But here Pacey finally reveals to him that he's the one from the tape and that he's been having an extremely inappropriate sexual relationship with Tamara Jacobs. In an extremely in-character moment for Pacey, he asks Dawson if he looked good humping Miss Jacobs like McGruber. <laughs> now, I captured that audio clip um, and I would like to play it now just for us, for our listening pleasure. Everybody out there, get prepared for Casey confessing his sexual uh, exploits being caught on tape. It's all been building to this. I'm not uh, cursed with self-awareness like you are, Dawson, but I know enough to know how people see me. I mean, I'm not the guy who gets the girl. The guy who talks about getting the girl, but not the guy who gets her. Enough people say that stuff about you and... You start to believe it yourself. I'm not quite following you here, Pacey. <laughs> I got the girl this time, Dawson. What? Yeah. Call it the law of averages, call it an act of God, call it whatever you want, but I got her. Who? Who? Who'd you get, Pacey? <sighs> oh, man. Uh, you know what, Dawson? I don't know how to tell you this, but... Uh... The uh, guy with the brown hair and the throbbing neck muscles. The guy with Tamara Jacobs. Uh, that's that's me. No. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not just talking this time, Dawson, though. Yeah. Oh, I wish I was, because off the top of my head, I can think of about 40 reasons why this tape could ruin my life. List them. Not the least of which <laughs> is the embarrassment factor. I mean, no guy's first time should be captured on video. Are you crazy? What what a friendship they have. Oh, I yeah. thought you were going to yeah. get to the tender moment of asking him, right. am, oh. I, am I good at sex? Oh, I have that too. We'll okay, get there. Good, 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 good. I, um, I think there's a couple of times in this episode where we kind of see like a little bit more of a sensitive side of Pacey. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I noticed that in this the mm-hmm. scene. And, you know, we hear him say, that it's not just about the sex that he actually really likes her, which is right. also interesting. I kind of agree. I think it's it's an interesting little shift that we're getting in in his character here. A little little color being brought into Pacey's life. Yeah, he's putting quite a lot of uh, trust in Dawson as well here. Yeah, telling him this, you know. Yeah, he's like, I'm being... gonna take this tape so no one else sees it, but I'm gonna tell you. That yeah, they're me. being real friends, kind. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Totally. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of. We don't, we haven't, I don't think we've had a lot of moments like this where they actually are interacting as like more like friends. Yeah. Yeah. We get a few moments of that. This episode episode, is really nice. Mm -hmm. I want to know if anyone else felt like Dawson's reaction was weird. Yes. Oh, it's extremely weird. Yes. Yes. Oh. Yeah, oh. <laughs> I don't think there exists a word to describe my reaction. Yeah, that yeah. was the most convoluted yeah. thing to say. And then he's also just like, oh, yeah. oh, <laughs> like it's it was like the dark crystal. And and Pacey is talking well, to a skex. He's just like, skex. <laughs> just like weird. <laughs> How would you react at that age if a friend told you that? I was going to ask that also. Yeah. yeah well, like, 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 what would you do? What would you do? Anyone? I don't even want to think, but I would. I wouldn't you don't believe have a word it. To I don't. Describe. A word does not exist to properly describe my reaction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, like if one of your best friends told you that they had an affair with a teacher at your school. Oh man, I wouldn't believe him. 
But then if I saw yeah. the, if I had the video evidence for it and I was watching that. And they said, that's me. And yeah, yeah I mean. That's heavy, dude. It's I'd heavy. Be in shock. I mean, because I think he is shocked because he said he can't describe. He's basically saying yeah. I'm speechless. Yeah. I was going to say like maybe what we're not like, maybe it's just not great acting of like him, like being in shock. Right. It doesn't really yeah. come across as that, but he is kind of like speechless. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's too it's overwrought basically. Mm-hmm. If he was just like, I don't know what to say, that would have right. probably better landed the fact that yeah. he is stunned here versus words do not exist to properly describe my reaction, <laughs> Mister Data. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, like the the conceit of the podcast in the show is like, do these things match up with our adolescent experiences? And I've you know, I'm quick to be very critical of Dawson and how he reacts, especially here too. But then I think like if I, if I was 15 and my friend told me this, like I would make a joke, like I would brush it off and I'd be like, like, wow, I can't even think of like what to say right now. Ha ha ha. Was it good? Yeah. Cool dude. Uh, that would, you know, cause I, um, to this day build a lot of barriers, uh, (laughs) to ever get to real feelings. And that's why I'm in therapy. But, uh, (laughs) but I think like it, it makes sense for Dawson just to be like, like blah, 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 blah. like his right. like stupid little lingo and like his thing like he's a 15 year old boy so like yeah. he's not equipped yeah he's not emotions. gonna know how to handle this he's totally in shock and it totally goes in line with like his problems with control like he's yeah. a very controlling person and like everyone brings up like oh the, you know this isn't a script this is real life like people have to reiterate that to him that constantly and so if something is ever going off script for him like his brain just fizzles out right so yeah. Okay, well, without further ado, here's Pacey asking for his feedback on his sex. Uh, this, this is going to sound a little strange, but on the tape, I mean, did I, did I look all right <laughs> performance-wise? Did I cut it, man? Yeah, you did fine, man. <laughs> <laughs> From what I could tell, <laughs> did fine. Cool, man. Cool, man. Thanks. <laughs> See you tomorrow. It's cool. <laughs> tell anybody it. <yet. laughs> <All right>. So, <laughs> PC assumes that they he watched the entire tape, like, well, and asking him this, like, oh my god, we got we have got to show my dad and. Yeah. Hey, hey, Mr. Mammy, can you come in here real quick? Um, Pacey, why don't you practice on this doll here? (laughs) Let's see your technique here. This is where, did anybody else notice a little bit of like homoeroticism between? Oh, yeah, absolutely. He kind of gave him an up and down look. Like if you're you're watching Dawson's eyes in that last line, he kind of, you know. Gives him a up down. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, you did fine, man. If he... He probably yeah. didn't see all of it. It's in this moment. It's kind of like he's trying to make Pacey feel like yeah. feel good about. It. Like maybe he didn't see it all of it, but he's yeah. like, "Yeah, you were fine, dude. Yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. Like, don't worry about it." <laughs> the the back and forth between the two of them is just like, "Yeah, man, you did great. Oh yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, yeah, man. Of course, man. All right, man. Well, <laughs> thanks for the sex feedback, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and uh, please don't tell anyone. Yeah. Um, Bye. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna take this with me. Uh, Man, that tape is going to leak everywhere. Oh, yeah. Yeah. With, Everyone's going to see Pacey's it. hands? Yeah. He's going to bring it. Okay, so let's, what, let's yeah, have some, let's, 
let's let's put yeah. down some some uh, some guesses. How do we think this tape is going to come back to bite Pacey and Miss Jacobs in the ass? What if there's some kind of like mix up with the tape? Ooh. Like Ooh, someone thinks point. it's something like, I don't know, he missed, I don't yeah. know, maybe there's not a label on it and someone thinks it's something else. I right. think it's going to end up in the in school somehow. <gasps> maybe one of his sisters like, <gasps> sees it. I think we or just had the exact same. What if it ends oh, up in the film movie? Class. Yes, film it class. ends up, like they take that story? to oh, the film festival. In a, in oh. a, woo, I got dancing feet. <laughs> or he's going to volunteer to edit some Helmets of Glory footage and it's going to get mixed up there because we did see Pacey going through all the yes. dailies, right? Yes. So he's got his tapes are all mixed up now. He doesn't know where everything is. There's going to be a time crunch and he's going to slip that in and edit in sex scene footage. I can't wait. Interesting. Well, it is at this point that we're going to take our first commercial break of the day. So please enjoy these messages. Bye. Hey, everybody. James here. Just wanting to thank you for listening yet again. It is what keeps us going. Now, if you are enjoying the show, if you followed us online, if you've subscribed already, it's not the end of the world. There's one more thing you can do. You can tell a friend. You know, call them up. I don't care if you haven't talked to them in months, years. Maybe they're a friend from elementary school. Call them. Tell them I've got a great podcast and you're going to love it. It's called Freaks and Creeks. Go to their website, freaksandcreeks.com. Find them online at Freaks and Creeks Pod. I don't care. I don't care what you do. Just tell them to come and check out the podcast. They're going to love it. And then you're going to be the cool friend who gave them a great recommendation. And isn't that amazing? Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy the rest of the episode and go tell your friends about this show. And we're back. So we come back to the show and we get a great establishing shot of Capeside like we talked about earlier. Love that. Please more. And we land on Joey and Dawson heading into a Ma and Pa pottery barn to look for gifts for Dawson's parents' 20th wedding anniversary. While Dawson is talking about how jealous he is of his parents' sex lives, uh, they run into Gail Manmeet and her co-news anchor, Bob, whom she's having an affair with. Joey eyes them with disdain, having known for a few episodes now of the affair. And Dawson is just as happy as a clam to meet Mr. Bob. This is where we get the bare naked yes. ladies. Yep. Yep. I know by the bare naked ladies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't know they had any songs other than It's Been. Seriously? <laughs> no, I know. They got the If I Had a Million Dollars. Yeah. Well, right. No, I mean, yeah. before that album, I think that... I can't remember what I was very into the bare naked ladies when I was a kid. Like my dad, (laughs) my dad and I spent a lot of time together and, um, like I got, I think a lot of my like love for music came from like us spending time together. And one of the bands we listened to a lot was bare naked ladies. (laughs) That's cute. Um, and just like recently, actually, I like was like going through their discography and was like, Oh my God, I forgot about all these songs, but they had like a lot of, a lot of bangers. I did not recognize that song though. I just could hear their, their, recognize their voices. Have you seen them live? I don't think I ever did. I saw them at the zoo. It was oh, so much fun. They are, yeah, they're hilarious. Did they play It's Been? <laughs> I don't think they did. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I feel like, Stella, I also listened to Bare Naked Ladies a lot with my dad. There were like three bands that I, it will forever associate with my dad. It's Bare Naked Ladies, and then it is Cake. Oh my God, cake. <laughs> my dad listened to so much cake. And then the last band is Billy Joel. Like, oh my God, me too. Uh, you know, yeah. Con- me too. The Piano Man family. record. Yep. 
just <laughs> always, always on. But we didn't start the fire. Yeah, oh, oh, well, man, my parents loved Billy Joel. Yes, yeah. yes. Actually, four yeah. Talking Heads. Also, the Talking <laughs> yes. Heads. My dad yes. was obsessed with the Talking Heads. So anytime there's one of those music cues, it's like, Daddy, where are you? <laughs> <laughs> it's been <laughs> Papa. Yeah, I don't really have a lot to say about this scene. I thought it was weird that like this whole show started with Dawson asking Joey if she thinks that they're having an affair. And it felt like the show forgot about that when they got to the scene because like Dawson is like, what are they doing here? And they're kind of, they're not really having like a super obvious affair moment, but it is like, it's weird enough to be like, Huh, it, right. it, that would be something that a costume department would handle for, yes. or like at yes. the, at the be, uh, news yeah. station, right? Like for an anchor, if they're dressing an anchor, presumably it would be, yeah, yeah. So like that cover would. was just ridiculous. Also, the nerve of Soft Bebop to tell Dawson that he would love to watch his film. Yeah. Oh yeah, what? it was huge. I'm your new dad. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm trying yeah. to buy your affection. Bud, do you want to go play catch in the backyard? <laughs> and Dawson would go, yes. Yes. And then it works because afterwards Dawson's like, you know, at first I thought he was a total tool, but now I think he's not so bad. Yeah. I Dude, love, I Dawson. love Joey's real thrill. Yeah. <laughs> For yeah. like yeah. greeting. Yeah. She's, you know, as usual, complete. She is a easy to read. Her emotions yeah. are written on her face here and she is looking really furious at Bob. She's incredibly unimpressed. And Dawson doesn't pick up on it at all. Yeah, I don't, like, I feel like this is the second or third episode in a row where people mention that Dawson is a really perceptive person. Yeah. (laughs) Right. What, dude? Like, he doesn't know anything that's going on. Yeah. Well, he's been preoccupied. True. True. (laughs) He's thinking about Jen. Um, But so why, why is Dawson jealous of his parents' sex life? Good question. He hates sex. He hates But he also complains about it like about how gross it is when he sees them kiss yeah yet he's jealous yeah i didn't understand like and like were you guys jealous of your, like parents sex lives no, what? no this is very no. absurd very I mean, absurd yeah. my parents divorced when i was young so i didn't really ever have those memories right. of like my parents being affectionate together so I w- cannot tell you, but I can't imagine looking no, at my parents normal. and being like, man, I wish I got to kiss somebody like that. <laughs> I mean, there was a mention of, of the Oedipus story this totally. episode. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. 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 One thing I really liked, uh, I mean, Joey is still my favorite character. I love JoJo. And when they were going into the shop, uh, I loved her line when she said, your parents are middle-aged white suburbanites. They live for folk yes. art. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yet again, she is just spot on. Extremely on point. She yeah. is the most observant person in oh, the yeah. entire show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Her eyes are wide open. Yeah. Yep. She sees everything. Except for herself. <gasps> <gasps> Yeah, it was I, it was just fun to see them shop. It was like I it, it made me want to go to the coast and go to like a gift shop and mm-hmm. yeah. look at looked like a Macy's stuff. or something, you know. No, it was like, like a little To me it well, looked yeah, like I a guess little with like the clothing, department store. With the with the clothing in the other room. Yeah, yeah it kind of looked like a combo. I honestly couldn't tell you what half of those things were in that building. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of things were hanging from the ceiling. <laughs> yeah, I think there were some wind chimes. Yeah, it, it looked cool. like Figurines. an entire store of wind yeah. chimes. <laughs> Everybody needs one of those. So back at Graham's place, uh, 
Jen is about to head out to hang out with Dawson and Gramps is being super judgmental. Uh, Jen exposition info dumps that she's interested in Dawson and that Joey and Dawson are just friends. And Grams comes off again as just super judgmental and she's a big old meanie before Jen finally dips. This scene kind of made me wonder, did Grams make these mistakes as a young woman and Ooh. she's trying to prevent jo- uh, Jen, Joey, um, Jen from doing the same thing, from making the same mistakes. Maybe that's what led her to become religious or... She looks like a born-again Christian. Had a crazy time in the 1910s. Yeah. <laughs> she seems very protective over Jen. And yeah. 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 I want to, I mean, like, all we really find out in this episode is that, like, Jen has been sexually active. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, but was there actually any, like, real trouble? Like, right. Has right. she had an abortion? Or, like, yeah. Was she, like, I don't know. It's just, it's like, okay, so what? She's having sex. I mean, I mean, this was the late 90s where it was like, if you're having sex, that well, was just as bad as... And how old are they? 15 here. So she's talking like 13. Hmm. Like oh, that's true. 12, 13. Yeah. Like, like, you know, like the movie Kids. Like, Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's like the aid group. <laughs> yeah, I would love to see the movie Kids, but with this cast. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, I feel like when Graham speaks, she's... I feel like I'm watching an old movie. Oh, yeah. She's like in a different universe. Yes. Yeah. Are you like, doing this to yeah. me and purposely to hurt me, Jen? <laughs> like, she has like that mid-Atlantic accent. Yeah. I also feel like when they shot Graham's scenes this episode, they they could only get her for like an hour because she's sitting in the exact same chair <laughs> that she is in like in a different scene. Yes. There's okay, no, quick wardrobe change. Yeah, one location. We're gonna get you in front in the window. Look through the curtains. Great. Okay, cool. Now sit down, Jen. Get in here. Quick. Okay, have a quick conversation. Great. Now, now talk about being disappointed. Okay. Bye. Thanks. Great day. Oh, get to the door. You gotta yeah. answer the door. <laughs> cool. So, Miss <sighs> Jacobs is sitting outside a cafe that is conveniently right across the street from Screenplay Video where Pacey works. He runs across the street to greet her and they way too casually hang out in broad daylight (laughs) as though it's completely normal. She's planning the reading curriculum and Pacey pushes her to choose some literature with more sex positive reading. Since most of the books they read make sex a negative theme. Pacey says some people sleep together and everything works out fine. She asks, you think that's possible? And they touch hands again in broad daylight before she realizes, Oh yeah, it's broad daylight. I don't, how does he not understand that he can't be holding hands with her in public? <laughs> right. Again. Yeah. And she's cool with it for like a second yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Also, she this is a surprise, she says, as she's sitting literally directly across from his place of work. Yeah. Like, where she meets him. Uh, where she, she knows, knows yeah. she, when the he works. That's first interaction like, she had with him. <laughs> You're surprised that Pacey like, saw you sitting outside across yeah. the street. Oh, Pacey, <laughs> I was just here to rent this explicit sex video and you work here? Oh, gee, golly, gosh, I forgot about that. All right, well, Back at Dawson's, uh, he's showing Jen some footage from his monster movie to review her performance. He invites her to his mom's station to record dubbing over the parts at his mom's work. He's surprised that she's down and flirts with the only way he knows how by referencing movies. And they start to kiss, but she stops him before things get heated. And he's thankfully fine with that. This is yucky. 
I didn't like this. Like the uh, when he goes up to Jen and says, you know, back in the old days when they were filming a scene, the censors would always make one of them keep their foot on the ground. But I always thought that was weird because you can get a lot done with. It's just like you can get away with anything with or whatever. You yeah. do you not remember two episodes ago <laughs> when you tried to kiss her and she was like, no, we need to pump the brakes. And you're like, hey, we could fuck with our foot on the ground. Do you know that? <laughs> like, you could see my doodle right now if you wanted to. Do you want to see my doodle? It's just like, dude, oh, man. what is going on here? Man, Ethan Embry would have been so much better with that kind of dialogue. James <laughs> oh. Vanderbeek is just such a creep. So creepy. Also, this is when Jen says she doesn't like her, quote, pathetic shriek, which yeah. I actually thought that shriek was fine. The actual shriek. Oh, much better than the dubbing. Here here it comes. You guys ready? One, two. That's a great... That's solid. She's from Evil Dead. Sounds good. I thought Pacey's scream was pretty funny. Listen to this again. Listen to the the initial scream from Pacey. (laughs) (laughs) He sounds like the... uh, Oh, what's his name? The guy that used to do the introductions on SNL. Vanessa Bear. That's what he sounds like. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's well, I got that too. Don't worry. <laughs> I also feel super validated in this scene because I've complained for the last few episodes that no one's running sound on Dawson's movie, and now we found out that he's dubbing yes. all of the sound in a studio yes. for the entire thing. It's like it's an Italian neorealism movie from the 40s. Smash cut to Jen is in the WKWB station sound booth recording her screams for the monster movie. Dawson and a sound producer are in the booth and the producer very unnaturally asks if Dawson has seen his mom that day. Jen tries to hit her mark, but misses. Uh, so they decide to take a break. Yeah. You guys want to hear that? Scream? Yeah. I want to yes, hear that please. scream. Okay. Here we go. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> now listen. One to- more time for the people yeah. in the back. All right, that was great. <laughs> Listen to Dawson in the background who is like, okay, he's having some serious second thoughts here. All right, that was great. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. So I clipped that out. Now I have just that scream. Anytime we need this. <laughs> I'm going to make that my oh, text man, message notification. Yes. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out where that type of scream would be appropriate. Like it just, what, what was she thinking? It's so much this worse than the that, original like, scream. Can I hear just I one more it. time? One more time. Can I just hear one more time? So good. For the road. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> and here's the original. <laughs> yeah. So what are they better. thinking? That's- I would love to hear. I, okay. That my mission is to, while I edit this, I, I'll place it in just in a moment here, but I'm going to stitch Pacey's and, and, uh, and Michelle, or sorry, and Michelle Williams and Jen's wonderful, uh, Ah! together so we can get just the perfect vision that, that Dawson has for this, that scene there. Ah! Yeah. Pretty cool. Oh man. It was cute though. When she like does it again and she like laughs. Yeah. Yeah. Mm I was like, I thought that was cute. I I couldn't, yeah, it it felt like um, relatable in a sense, Mm -hmm. you know, but at the same time, the sound booth operator who's just not paying any attention whatsoever (laughs) is like, so your mom, huh? He's only only there to remind us that that Dawson's at uh, mommy's mommy's office. office. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> I just loved how unnatural that was. Hey, have you seen your mom today? <laughs> so out in the news station hallway, they grab a product placement Diet Coke from a vending machine and they catch Dawson's mom, Gail, man meat, making out with soft B Bob. We dolly in on Dawson's face as his reality completely shatters. I just like couldn't believe like that they were that in the middle of the hall right. yeah. kissing. Yeah. It was like, okay, does everyone at the office know about this affair? Like also, they're being so nonchalant. That's yeah, probably also, why the producer is like, you seen your mom today? <laughs> also, she, she knew Dawson was coming in. Yeah. 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 So wouldn't you steer clear of any, any yeah. of that if you knew? You know? What a fucking ding dong. Also, another shout out to Jen's outfit. She is dressed like a TV anchor. Oh. Very specifically in this scene. She's got like a crisp button up um, shirt and it's like bright red. And it just, I, if I was like, this is like, you know, she's at the TV station and they like, they kind of put her in that like pro- professional outfit. I think it was intentional. <laughs> it seemed intentional. I don't know. She wants to be a news anchor. She's trying to gun for that. Uh, oh my God. Anchor shot. She's she, using him. On the beat. Ooh, oh my God. Poor Dawson. He's that's such so a victim. Sad. No wonder. that. So that's like why she's with him. She doesn't think no, he's interesting No, I just think it was like, she's like, okay, I'm going to go to like the news station with Dawson today. I'm going to like dress the part, you know? That's like Jen's perspective on it. Like, yeah. yeah. But she's also using Dawson to become a news anchor. Oh. Uh-oh. Before before we forget, this is the first um, terror music. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I got that. The zoom in. Yeah. As this realization, like, you know, sinks in on uh, on Dawson. I titled this one Dawson's emotional soundtrack because this is the <laughs> this is us experiencing what it's like to be Dawson as his world collapses around him. <laughs> It sounds to me like we're listening to Wish You Were Here. <laughs> pretty sure it's the Toad the Wet Sprocket song. Yeah. Okay. I'm pretty, yeah. pretty damn sure. Yeah. The thing that sucks that like like later we'll get into it, but that song cue happening twice in this episode makes me think that they're putting his mother cheating on the same level as Jen having sex a yes. few times, yes. which yep. is like such a fucked was, up thing to equate. Yeah, I was going to mention that later, but it's more like just every the things in his life that he thought were... You know, the, mm-hmm. like the people in that are lying to him, like there are multiple things happening at once. Yeah, it's his reality. Like his reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I thought it was an uh, effective music cue. You know, like yeah. we got the picture pretty pretty well. And I just think Boop. that the transition to him sitting there emotionless on the bench in our next scene while yeah. that song is playing it's is like a statue. Is perfect. <laughs> yeah, because they, they smash cut to Dawson being just completely shell-shocked on that bench. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, love this too. So Jen tells him, like, they can talk about what just happened if he wants to. And <laughs> it's also worth noting how funny it is that Jen herself admits that their relationship is extremely surface level mm-hmm. and they never talk in depth yeah. about anything. <laughs> so this would be a great opportunity to talk to him without a movie referencing thrown in for padding. <laughs> this is just like a, it was like a Jen monologue because yeah. he doesn't say anything and she carried that whole, that whole little park bench scene. Yeah, I mean, it was almost like a yeah. scene out of a comedy movie yeah. because he's basically, she gets that line out and then what does he do? Runs away. Yeah. He fucking leaves. He doesn't say a single thing. He just leaves. I think it's, um, I loved that Jen calls him out. Like you said, I thought it was about goddamn time somebody is like, hey, Dawson, can we, I don't know, talk like real people for a change? Mm-hmm. 
She has to be so gentle with him too. She's like, I, n- I know that we have a lot of fun, quippy little mm-hmm. convos, but if you want to talk to me like a human being. Yeah. Yeah. I, I put in my notes, like Jen is so like understanding and yeah. sympathetic for Dawson here. And he is just so indignant and insolent. Yeah. Yeah. He's in shock. But yeah, I mean, um, he clearly doesn't feel comfortable talking yes. to Jen yeah. about it. Um, which makes, I mean, he's close with Joey and it makes sense that he, yeah. he wants to go talk to her, but, um, yeah, thought it was like kind of a bummer that he couldn't open, open up, up to her a little bit. Would have been nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it says a lot. I mean, so yeah. So then like immediately after that is like him going to, to Joey, Jojo yeah. to have this conversation and, uh, like he spills the beans and, uh, Joey, you know, knows about the affair. Uh, yeah. she, so mm-hmm. she finally admits to this to Dawson. He explodes saying he doesn't want to be friends anymore and says, have a nice life. Right. But like, yeah, dude, like you're supposed to be talking about these things with Jen. And it's like, they're like leaning into this, like, will they, won't they with Joey? But well, this, yeah. is a, this was another situation where I was, kind of wanting to see what everyone would do in this situation. Like if you knew that your best friend's parent was having mm. an affair and you found out, would you tell your friend or how would you handle it? Cause it is, I mean, like That's I think she's a tricky situation. Yeah. And like what she says yeah. is like, I didn't want you to hate me for telling you. I right. think like that yeah. is a, a valid thing, Definitely. especially with him because he is so like sensitive yeah. or like, I don't mm. know. I don't want to be the person with the target yeah. on my back for just being the messenger here. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to just let you figure that one out. It doesn't feel like my place because I didn't see any, I don't know anything for sure. But I think that's different because in this case, Joey did see it for sure. She does know that 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 Mrs. Manmead is cheating on on her, on her his dad. So I don't know, it's tricky. Like It's hard because then there's also like the you know, the alternative alternative of the person discovering it on their own by witnessing it. That's like yeah. very traumatic. Uh-huh. Yeah. And like, yeah, really. I mean, both ways, it's like, you're going to have some type of trust issue yeah. or, or something, you know, but it's like, I feel like that's kind of like traumatic on another level of like actually yep. having to witness that. For sure. Yeah. Which Especially, is what happened with Dawson. So it's like, yeah. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a tough it's, one. Yeah. Like it just seems so much more of like um, like if I if I was in Dawson's position, I would have wanted someone to tell me totally. Other than seeing it, and I feel like it's like one of those anxiety things that like I mean, if I were in Joey's position, I would have the the anxiety of being like the don't shoot the messenger thing of like, mm-hmm. like do I want that pressure to be put on me? But I I feel like it's just like such an anxiety thing. Like I would I would have wanted to know, especially because right. Joey's his best friend. So it's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think if you place the yourself. In Dawson's shoes, you would always want to know rather than find out yourself, right? Like, yes. But at the same time, you probably wouldn't believe it if somebody told you unless you saw it with your own eyes. Yeah, I I mean, easily. Sorry. Oh, I was going to say, I've had a similar type of situation happen where people knew things that were happening and, and, and I didn't know until I witnessed something and then didn't find out until later that people were like, yeah, you didn't see that. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. I get it. <laughs> yeah, and I, could, I feel like I could easily see Dawson, like Joey telling Dawson and Dawson being like, nah, like, right. yeah, not believing her. 
I could too, but again, I just cannot get past the fact that this whole fucking show starts with them discussing whether or not his mom is cheating on her. He is the one who initiates this as a possibility. So if I, to go back to this conversation or to this question, if I were in a situation where my best friend is like, hey, you know, do you think my mom's cheating on my dad because of X evidence? And then I'm like, eh, probably not. And then I see it. Hell yes, I'm going to tell that friend now. You already mm-hmm. suspect it. Yeah. Sorry, I don't want to be the one to tell you this, but I this is what I saw. So, it's, the show forgot. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. know. I feel like I don't, it's. I think it's pretty accurate. Well, I can't remember if it's in, in this scene or a different scene where I think it is the scene where where Dawson goes. He does bring it up where he's like, "I've joked about it before, but I never thought yeah. it would be a real." Th-. It's like yes. what that wasn't a joke when you mentioned it. Not that, a very what, funny like in the joke. first episode. Yeah. Is that? Yeah, and, and even Joey kind of mentions things here and there, and in the beginning of this episode, but he never picks up on it. I just want to—I want to pick it up again, though, about like the the Joe the Joey versus Jen thing, and like who he wants to be with, kind of thing. Because right. what did he say at the dance? It was like she's someone that I can talk to, just like you, Joey, yeah. or whatever. It's like, well, then why not talk right. to Jen about right. it first? Like, if you feel like they're both identical in your mind of That's people true. who can, you can talk to, yeah. Hmm. it's also funny too that i mean like he's like i like you know like four or five scenes from now he's going to be talking to jen about it too and i really thought they were going to like drag that out a little bit more but it was only like yeah five minutes within tv time (laughs) that it took him to go back to jen to talk to her about it so well any last thoughts here i don't think so then let's go to our second commercial break here we'll be back on the other side ah Hey freaks, Stella here, jumping in on the commercial break to remind you to find us online. We're on social media at Freaks and Creeks Pod, where we post all sorts of great content. Come join the conversation. We'd love to have you. We also have a website, freaksandcreeks.com. It has a super sleek web player so you can listen from anywhere or share episodes directly with your friends or family. Thanks for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. And we're back. So we come back and we get a quick little sequence of Pacey biking into work where he sees Miss Jacobs and Mr. Gold across the street at a cafe looking as though they're flirting. And Pacey looks shattered. And back at the man meat household, Dawson runs into his mom coming home from work. He's clearly distressed and doesn't know how to even look at her. And she just assumes that he's having girl problems. She says, so she says, like, is it one of the many women in your life? And he's like, something like that, which is kind of true because it is his mom, mm-hmm. you know. I kind of felt like she's an idiot. Cause it's like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. it's like, uh, he's being weird towards you. Joey knows, uh, yeah. you were, he's seen you with Bob. Like, yeah, how mm-hmm. aren't you piecing this together? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think she's like very purposefully just not acknowledging it. Yeah. Pretending and and trying to pretend like it's something else intentionally. Um, a uh, little shout out to Mrs. Leary's outfit here. She is her Look hair is in a topsy tail. Did Stella? Did you do you remember those? No, I don't. Remember I never that. did it. I never. But it was a so topsy tail was a tool where you could like loop your hair through it and then pull it through and it like loops it around like through itself. Okay. So she's wearing that style. 
um, half okay. up with the topsy. She definitely, I, or at least costuming, definitely used a topsy tail. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just did a quick Google image oh, topsy tail. Yes, exactly. Um, and that. then her metal brief- briefcase. Fully, I didn't know like, metal. <laughs> she's wearing. <laughs> she an FBI yes, agent? It looks like an FBI briefcase. Oh, <laughs> she's yeah. She's like I swinging remember, it. Yeah. But I loved her outfit. I was like, yeah. look at cute. And then, yeah, she's got like this all black. Yeah, no wonder she's getting dicked down by everyone in town. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's a hot mom, honestly. I yeah. Mean, also, like, she's a babe. Uh, back to the, fucker. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, back, <laughs> okay. to the line, the, back to the line of like. I fuck her hard. <laughs> the one of the many women in your life, back to that line. Um, this is where I kind of realized that where it is like all of the women in his life are lying to him. Joey, mm. Jen, and his mom. That's true. It's hmm. a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Just like all women in real life, right? <laughs> it's true. All the women in my life are lying to me. We're a bunch of liars. <laughs> this really plays into that incel, like, they're right. all sneakers. Because we're about to find out that Jen has been lying to yeah. like, or he's about to find out, you know, and we know that Joey has been lying because she knew about the affair and his mom is lying because she's having an affair. Yeah. I'm trying to think is like hit but- in Kevin Williams' other work because Nev Campbell as the final girl in Scream Yep. Um, she's redemptive in a, in a good, innocent person. And the same thing with, it's Jennifer Love Hewitt, right? And yeah. I know you did last summer and she's also a good redemptive person. Yeah. It's like, they're okay. I wonder why it's this show specifically where he made all the women liars. Well, yeah. I was, yeah. It, it's like, they're all lying to him to protect him. True. He is a baby boy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, right. it's out yep. of a place of. Because he's lives in a fantasy world. Yeah. 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 So Dawson goes to Grams's place to pick up Jen, but has a quick word with Grams and gives his spiel that he knows she doesn't like him and that she thinks he's just another sex crazed teen, but pleads his case that that really isn't it. The only thing that I can say is like, who would think to have this conversation with their grand? You know what I mean? Like it's a TV conversation. It is, like this yeah, would never happen in reality. No. You know? Okay, let's compare. Let's put it in the context of meeting your new girlfriend or crush's parents right you would never be like hi uh new mom and new dad i promise i don't just want to have sex with your child (laughs) i really genuinely like them like not doing him any favors (laughs) no it's really not i do love the way that she says jennifer though jennifer Jennifer? Jennifer? that was like her opera voice coming out remember she was in a classic yeah that's so so like you can tell in that moment jennifer So at a very picturesque park, Dawson finally spills his guts to Jen about his parents. He uses this opportunity to say that secrets destroy relationships and begs her to be 100% honest with him moving forward. And Jen finally gives us the big reveal about her extremely secretive New York City past, that she's had multiple sex, sex partners and she's not a virgin as Dawson had thought. He says he's pretty cool about this new info, but he's clearly... Completely spun out about it. He's like, your boyfriend, right? (laughs) (laughs) That singular boyfriend, right? This is where I thought of the movie Kids. Yeah. I know I brought it up earlier, but this is where I was like, huh. I I did the math on her age. (laughs) It was like pretty young. Yeah, I'd love if yeah. Harmony Corinne came in to write an episode of Dawson's Creek. <laughs> uh, I, another, I got to do another shout out to her outfit. Yeah, it oh, was amazing. this is a lit like, fit. Another mock neck um, top, black jeans, chunky belt, chunky boots. Love it. This is a regular Stella fit. When I saw yeah, this episode for the first time, I said, Stella, this is, this is something to <laughs> yeah, wear. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I also, yeah, when I saw that, I was like, oh, cute. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, I need to, okay, I'm going to wear 
that tomorrow. Yeah, I felt the <laughs> same way about like Dawson's it. outfit. It was just like, <laughs> His black pearl necklace. <laughs> yeah. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, and I know I'm wrong going into this, but does he wear the same outfit every episode? <laughs> it fucking Feels like it. it. Looks like it. He has like a uniform. Like it's yeah, it's like a his, yeah. It's like a cartoon. It's yeah. it's like he's Doug Funny. He's yeah. just wearing the same <laughs> two things of clothing every time. Um, idea should the <laughs> should the four of us dress up as them for Halloween? Oh my yes. god! Oh my gosh! Yes. Wow. I mean, at the time of this podcast episode being released, I don't think we've even landed yet on artwork for. Oh. Our episode. Mm-hmm. I mean, no. I think maybe for our artwork, it should be the four of us dressed like them, <laughs> photoshopped totally. onto a beach. Uh, oh, that's oh, yeah. We, I feel like we had talked about putting our, like, photoshopping our heads or onto their bodies. We could just go to the beach and kick around the sand. Ooh. Yeah. Kind of we could, we could bring a friend and, like, yeah, have yeah. them yeah. take oh. photos of us. So, so back to her revealing, you know, revealing to Dawson. Um, she says, they, set, they sent me up here because the cliches about teenagers in the big city are true. They move fast. Yes, they move fast. And then... She said, hey, I'm walking here. <laughs> you know, they go through those, your boyfriend, and then we get the same terror music. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's Amnesia's, it's Amnesia by okay. Toad the Wet Sprocket. That's that's yeah. the song that it is. It's just, they use that same uh, sting that I played earlier, but then they actually lead into the verse instead of just going and cutting it off. So yeah. we actually get the song there. And again, like I said, it's the second appearance of Toad the Wet Sprocket. We got one mm-hmm. last week. We got one this week. Maybe we'll get one every episode for the rest of Dawson's Creek. Who knows? Maybe we'll get the exact same music cue <laughs> for the rest of the show. So such bad timing for Jen to dump it on Dawson, right? Yeah. When she knows he just found out about his mom. Yeah. He asked well, for it though. Exactly. Yeah, I know. That's the thing though. He he is the one who says it. He says, I want honesty. That's the one thing that I need, basically. You need to be a hundred percent honest with yeah. me. And then she asked, Do you actually mean that? And he basically yeah. is like, Well, yeah, because I didn't see it coming with my mom. And she's like, There are more people in your life than just mommy. All right. right yeah, like, yeah. for example, me. Here's yeah. something you probably didn't want to know. And he's a little petulant child about yes. it. He mm-hmm. gets some information yeah. and it it completely shakes his vision of who Jen is. No longer is she this perfect girl next door who's up on a pedestal. Oh my God, she's had sex with somebody and it was not her boyfriend. Oh my God. How bad could it be? <laughs> Watch kids and at find a very, out. <laughs> at a very young age. <laughs> but yeah. But also we don't know that. I mean like what she's we're saying they're there's 15, like 15. It right? could have been right before she came. Yeah. Like it could oh, have yeah, been sure, that sure. summer. I know I'm not shaming like yeah, having yeah, sex that but, young, but like Matt, like if, if that was like, it, it sounds like it wasn't just that, yeah you know, yeah. like it was like a lifestyle, some sort of, so I, I just thought, oh, sure. that's like pretty, that is, it is pretty young. Yeah, of course it's, it's true, young, but like, you know what would be better in this situation is maybe not shaming her for it, no, not no. being a asshole, and instead being like, "Wow, thank you for your honesty." I'm sure that was hard. Yeah, but we're not going to get that from Dawson. <laughs> yeah, of course not. He's Dawson's not Mr. Baby Man. <laughs> or like, I mean, to be real, like any teenage, like no, I mean, maybe in this day and age, you know, people are more sex positive, but yeah, it's like yeah. I feel like at that age, it is. There's so much jealousy. Definitely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, like what we're talking about, he's a complete product of the brainwashing tropes of like heteronormative, tr- like ideals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think what's offensive about it is that he almost tries to weaponize it as him being empathetic and understanding. 
But in totally, reality, yeah. he is completely not empathetic or understanding of anybody else's situation. He's he is the I feel like he is the epitome of this like good guy gone bad. He's white knighting everything without actually understanding what he's defending or why he's defending it and realizing that the reason that he's defending all these people is because he wants to be the good guy, not because yes. he yeah. actually cares about them or their experience. Oh, he doesn't care yeah. about anyone. Yeah, and I mean, we we'll talk about this later when um Jen is talking to Joey about advice, but yeah. Joey speaks to that and just that like he he wants things to go his way all the time and he thinks I'm black and white. And yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I mean, because if you turn around, he could have been like, oh man, that must have been tough. Like your parents kicking you out and like, you know, but instead you're a terrible person. Wait, so you're not a registered nurse who's actually yeah. here to take care of your grandpa? <laughs> I thought you knew how to administer medicine and were giving him physical therapy. Like, <laughs> uh, did uh, I have really bad memory? Sorry, listeners. Did uh, in this show was there ever an actual conversation where she said like flat out that she was a virgin? No, no. She Could, was uh, she was trying to kind of get Joey off her by just agreeing. Like, yeah. Oh, remember, remember Joey was asked. like, yeah. Okay, Joey asked. Are you a she, size queen? I thought, or something. No, yeah. it was about it was a conversation about like who, like whether they were. Yeah, back at the movies. And, yeah, so there kind of was a moment, but I don't. I don't okay. What's crazy to think about is when do you think that was in in Dawson's Creek timeline? How long ago was the movies from this episode oh, that we're watching? Was it a week ago? Was it a month ago? You know, it. There's a point in this episode where they say she's been there for four months, right? Oh, oh wow! So it's really? been a while. Because I remember thinking like TV time, that doesn't make any sense because this show's only been on for five weeks, you know, four weeks. So it's like every week is a month or something. Yeah, Interesting. I, I mean, that um, kind of makes sense because the episode one to episode two, episode two is the school dance. Like the school dance is never in the first week of school. Yeah. No. Like, hey, everybody, welcome to class. You want to go grind yeah, in it, the auditorium? Because <laughs> <laughs> it was like a big football game. So it would have had to be in the fall. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Interesting. It would have been like, yeah. Well, End we should probably time. move on. To we do <laughs> find out seeds. a little bit more about Grams. She's a nurse, so that's true. A She's a registered tidbit. nurse. Yep. Do do we? Hey, uh, quick question: Do we know what Gramps is? Dead. No. <laughs> <laughs> of course, He's been dead this whole time. <laughs> okay. Well, zooming past that, we're finally at Capeside High for the first time this episode, and Pacey sees Miss Jacobs and Mister Gold playfully chatting in the hallway, and he slams his locker in frustration. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone, any, did any of you ever slam your lockers in frustration? I don't think I've ever oh, used yeah. a locker in my life. Oh, really? Life. I mean, probably, yeah. I don't know. Probably, <laughs> maybe not. Such a mood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was always jealous because we didn't have lockers like like that at my school, oh. you know? We had like the little half locker cubby kind of things. Mm -hmm. And you had to, you, you weren't like a sign, you know, you, not everybody used one. So there wasn't, and also yeah. we were an outdoor school. So like, we didn't have that like hallway of lockers that you always see in right. TVs. Oh. So like on the outside of the buildings, outside of your classroom, there'd Wise. be lock, walls yeah. of lockers. Yeah. And I mean, the only thing I kept in my locker, I, what did, what did you guys keep in your lockers? I had anxiety I, over lockers. Um, could never remember like the code I'd have oh, to like man. write that. So I like, didn't I like, I like carried all my books. I wouldn't, I wow. was scared to go to my locker. That yeah. says a lot. Yeah. <laughs> In high school, we didn't have lockers. I don't think, I think they were like optional, but no one right. really used them. In middle school, definitely used a locker every day. 
and I had so much fun decorating it. I remember <laughs> like, yeah, getting like fun little magnets and little yeah. mirrors and pictures and who'd you have posted in your locker? That's a good question. I don't know if I good remember, Charlotte. which really sucks. Oh, I wish I did. Cause I bet I like, you have any have, photos? <laughs> I don't think so. Like disposal. Can't I didn't have any yeah. pictures or I didn't decorate my locker at all. All I did was put my, like my biology textbook and my binders. Yeah. I don't think I had anything. Cause I, all the other anxiety was like, I don't know which one's mine. I can't remember oh, the number. Man. Like, yeah. see, I was the, the, I've always had this weird, I can remember numbers really well, especially combinations of numbers. Mm -hmm. So I was the kid in our friend group who like knew every, where everybody's locker was and what oh their combination gosh, was. What? <laughs> yeah. I love it that. Wow. And it feels like, that's very on brand. Right? For you. Yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. And what's funny is I can't remember birth dates or phone numbers oh, at all. So wait, your friends gave you all of your friends gave you their Not all locker combos? Friends. Oh. Okay. Yes, universally every single friend I had gave me their locker <laughs> combination. <laughs> and I had a Rolodex of it. No, like you know, the ones yeah. that I knew, my my close friends. Who funny. you know, you're hanging out yeah, and you're like going sharing to your books yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um funny. Did you guys have lockers in college? I did. No, no. I had a dorm room. Well, where I kept it. Cool, big flex. I don't okay. Know. <laughs> I, well, where? Yeah, I, I guess slept in my locker. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I just mean that's where my books were kept. I had a I had a dorm room. I moved off campus my my sophomore year of college, but I did have a, a locker in college, and I remember that's where I really got to use. Uh, that's where I felt like I was living my high school dream. Strange, because <laughs> I, I got to put stuff in my in high school or my college locker. College. I would put yeah. so I rode my bike to school, so I'd have a change of shoes in my locker. I'd usually have mm. a change of clothes in my locker, and then I'd have all my notebooks for like taking notes in class. Damn. So I just had like Locker a, real, hacks I had a really big backpack in college. I had like one of those chrome yeah. backpacks Same. and I like would just like stuff so much shit in there. <laughs> as much as you could, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. It was just totally. like, I need That's, to look yeah. like I'm busy. So <laughs> maybe like four sweatshirts and uh, I don't know. Do I have any Tupperwares that I can <laughs> just put in here for some reason? <laughs> I never really understood the concept of a locker too heady for me. Cause I was like, I'm taking four classes a day in high school. Cause like we just like sectioned off like every right. other day you'd have, you know, those set of classes. So it's like, if I only have four books and like a notebook, like why would I ever need, need a locker? Because I can just carry everything with me at all times. Yeah. yeah. It's a losing proposition because if you put shit in a locker, you don't need it. But if right. you put shit you need in a locker, then you don't have it. Yeah. Yes. And then you have to keep going back to it. And then you have to yeah. remember the combo. Remember what it is. Yeah, see, I'm <laughs> oh, I see that anxiety coming out. Yeah. <laughs> you just have to remember it forever like me. And then you get to like yeah. feel really cool when somebody's like, oh, I forgot my locker combination. You're like, well. <laughs> I just remember it feeling so good when you like if you got the combo yeah. like on the first try. It's like, oh, yeah. Uh, I've never yeah. felt that Simple in my life. pleasures. <laughs> okay. Yep. Well, I guess around the corner, uh, Jen sees Dawson and he's been pretty hard to find that morning. She invites him to hang out and watch a movie or study, but he's very cold toward her. She starts to give him the about last night talk, but he dips. Yeah, he's such a prick. Mm-hmm. He really sucks. All I have to say is he's just such an asshole here. Like comparing and contrasting his behavior in the early part of this episode, like at the ice house where 
they're discussing what's happening between Pacey, you know, this the the sex tape. And then Jen's like, oh, well, I gotta go. And Dawson's like, oh, I'll walk you. And he's all happy and he wants to help out. And to this, where he can't even look her in the eye, he can't look at her. He's just basically ignoring her the entire time. It's just it, it feels totally on brand for a teenage boy. Yeah. You know, yeah. like on Definitely. the one hand, James Vanderbeek nailed what that was probably like for girls <laughs> back then. <laughs> Oh, why aren't you talking to me? Yeah. <laughs> Pacey goes into Miss Jacobs' English lit class and confronts her about his issue about open relationships and gives her the ultimatum of him or Mr. Gold. She reveals that Mr. Gold is gay yeah. and they're just friends. She admits that she's just as confused about her relationship with Pacey as he is. First gay character. First gay yeah. character. Didn't finally. see that coming. No, not yeah. at all. And I love just like Pace's reaction. Yeah. Mr. Gold is gay. I know. Yeah. <laughs> can you it's bring like, up? Say the, it louder, please. Can, can you bring him. up the audio clip of the screen? I wish I. Oh, yeah, <laughs> from the ADR. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was that would sum up his reaction. Pretty much. I um. So this is where. Pacey and Dawson are the same person in my mind because their reaction in this moment is the exact same. They are both punishing their respective romantic interests yeah. for their real or perceived oh. sexual activity. Right. Mm -hmm. In in Pacey's case, he is angry at Miss Jacobs because he thinks that she is interested in and or active with another person. In Dawson's case, he is upset with Jen because in at some point in her past... <laughs> she decided to touch another man, right? So right. they are both the exact same person here. They're both guilty of the exact same thing. And it, I don't know. I mean, they're both dirty in my mind. Like they, Neither one of them looks good here. They both look like shit. It's just gross. I hope the show is like, knows that. Like, I wonder if this show is mm -hmm. saying like, this is what boys are like and that's why they're doing this instead of being like these very well fleshed out characters that know something or this kind of reaction. I don't know. I feel like, I don't know. I, the product of its time. Did y'all notice that she shushed him when he was like, Mr. Gold is gay, but she uh, didn't shush him when they're clearly talking about their relationship as a student teacher, like in a public place at school. <laughs> well, like I like again, <laughs> right? like, like she's like, don't, don't tell people that he's gay, but Oh, let's talk about like our, our illegal relationship. Yeah. I mean, it's 1998. Like, yeah. just like that got milk ad. It's like, you can, it's totally fine to allude to him having sex with an older person, but right. like, <laughs> God damn it. Do not be gay. Yeah. You yeah. cannot be gay in 1998. Tell. Cool that Mr. Gold is gay and not the caricature of a gay person that you would typically yes. see right. from mm -hmm. like a late nineties media thing. Yeah. Mm hmm. Do we think that Mr. Gold is a real character that that um, Kevin Williamson is is like writing into mm. his story? Like, did he actually have this film teacher in his life who he looked up to in a way, who taught the subject, who got him, you know, like oh. on this path? Yeah. And he later comes to find out that he's gay. Or is Kevin Williamson writing a part of himself into yeah. this world that is yeah, already autobiographical, right? Mm -hmm. Dawson is mm -hmm. Kevin. We know that. But I is like this that. a meta? Yeah, that's kind of what I thought. He was writing himself into it. It would it'd be a fitting role for him. Yeah. 
you know, <laughs> as the film teacher in school. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's like wishful thinking too. It's like, oh, when I was a gay kid, like I wish I had a gay teacher right. That, right. that was like mm-hmm. also in a film that could be like, hey, like Relatable. I know what it's like, you know. Yeah, but yeah. isn't it interesting that the person who is in some ways most like the real Dawson is the most against the real Dawson. You know, Mm -hmm. Mr. Gold does not want Dawson in his class. He doesn't want him there. (laughs) He's kind of punishing him at every turn, you know? So he's, they are so distant. They can't be, they're not relating. They're not having a real relationship here. Dawson is kind of like seeking his affection or approval Mm -hmm. in a way. I don't know. I mean, it kind of works for me because if I think of like, if I was a professor of film or something right now. Aren't you? And, (laughs) but if I had a student that was like me when I was 15 and I was some know-it-all piece of shit because I was like, I saw Requiem for a Dream twice, dude. I know everything about movies. I'd be like, yeah, get the fuck out of my film class. Yeah. So, I mean, it could be Williamson being a little meta with it, being like, man, I sucked as a kid. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that would be cool too, because if he is both characters, right? If Dawson is young Kevin and Mr. Gold is old Kevin, what an interesting metatextual element to be like, you hate you older you would not like younger yes. you is essentially the message that we mm, get there definitely yeah. <laughs> does any older version of us like the younger <laughs> no. version of us no. on the one but at the same time like sometimes i look back on my younger self and i'm like man i wish that i was able to keep that aspect of my personality or you Some know what i mean like, that, like yeah. i felt like i was so much more outgoing when i was a kid than when i grew up and that would probably be the kind of thing that if I were Kevin Williamson, Mr. Gold, and Dawson, I would probably have Mr. Gold pick on Dawson for that thing, right? Just mm-hmm. like we kind of see. You're too precocious in your film knowledge. you got to tone it back. You actually don't know shit. Yeah. So I guess it's later in the day, and Jen confronts Dawson about him being cold, uh, which we've already seen, so this feels like a mirror image of the last scene that we saw with him, and can only assume it's about her past. She wants him to admit it. And he's still extremely withholding. Yeah. I already said this, but I'll say it again. He's incapable of having a conversation about his emotions. Yeah. I don't know if it's because yeah. he's not aware of them. I feel like that's a very um, accurate thing for teenage boys and for men in general is, you know, stereotypically men are not in touch with their emotions. They're not able to articulate them or have conversations about them. And that's what I feel like this scene is all about. You know, we're just, he's not, he's not equipped to have this conversation despite how he presents himself in the world. Still kind of like that to this day. I mean, we're watching Temptation Island right now and there's one contestant on there that's a guy that's like, wow, I've never had an emotion before. Yeah. <laughs> so those things are still very, very, very much relevant. A part of our Toxic culture, masculinity. Yeah. And, and it's interesting to see that I think it's interesting to see that portrayed on, I think, as I'm alluding to with these last couple scenes, Pacey and Dawson are the same person. They're two sides of the same coin, the same toxic masculinity coin, right? On one hand, we have Dawson who kind of purports to be aware of this and is trying to be the good guy. On the other hand, we have Pacey who plays into this and is totally, you know, reckless. He doesn't care how other people think of him but they're both products of the same toxic masculinity telling them in their minds that this is the way they need to act. Well, with that, I mean, at Screenplay Video, Dawson finally caught Pacey up about Jen's past. And of course, (laughs) Pacey weaponizes this information to convince him that Jen is giving Dawson an in by saying that she's no longer a virgin and he should make a move. But rightfully so, he tells uh, Dawson that 
the Jen that Dawson has built up in his mind does not exist, that she's not some movie character, that he is in real life and he needs to come to grips with that. And with that, the convo shifts and Dawson says he plans on telling his dad about his mom's affair. Yeah, I mean, I like it's like it feels like we're consistently getting this narrative that it's like, yes, Dawson like lives in this like little movie fantasy land and people I like that people different characters are also like challenging that to to his face like multiple times. Like Mm -hmm. we're seeing that a lot, but I'm also like pretty over. I'm like, okay, we get it. Like, I just wish there was a different way for them to approach it because yeah, yeah, we're watching a coming of age story and a part of growing up is realizing that the world is not the way that you thought it was when Mm -hmm. you were a kid, but everyone describes that to Dawson in the way of it's not a movie. You're in a fantasy. And I wish that we could just like get a different fucking allegory for it. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they're just trying to get it out here in episode four and so we can, like, <laughs> you know, it feels yeah. like it's all happening at once kind of in this episode. Um, yeah, I just, like, there needs to be another avenue where it's his controlling aspect isn't over another character where right. it's the exact same theme of they're not the person I thought they were yeah. because of the yeah. fantasy. They can. There are a million different ways to express that that I think should happen in the show that aren't just, I mean, we are watching a relationship based show. Uh, it's not a high concept show. So it's like kind of hard for me to even right. figure out like what other way that would be. But if you have three or four episodes in a row where it's the exact yes. same um, kind of character play that we're having, it's tiring. It, yeah. It's exhausting that we're getting the same thing over and yeah. over again. And I mean, maybe I, we're supposed to feel like Dawson where we're like, Okay, enough. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, maybe like, and maybe it's setting the rest of the show up. That's what, yeah. To kind of like for those yeah. barriers exactly. to be mm-hmm. broken down and then for him to kind of grow. Yeah, that's what I meant about like they're getting it all out in like this episode. Yeah. Like, I feel like maybe we're getting hit over he- the head with it, but how, how can maybe that? It's I, purposeful. It's, I feel like it's not, if it, there's no way it can keep continuing because right. this is his, com- like, he's, he's realizing this episode all of you know he he's kind of like breaking out of this fantasy so like i feel like yeah. we're gonna maybe get less of that yeah this yeah. is if he's after yeah. all called discovery exactly. and he right. discovered it all mm. yeah also called carnal knowledge yeah, <laughs> yeah also <laughs> depending on which dvd yeah. box you're right. looking at right now <laughs> mm-hmm. it's it's i don't it's it's interesting with a show like this because we talked about it at the top of the, like at the first episode of this podcast, but it's like with episodic television shows like this in the nineties and with like other shit, like, you know, Star Trek or whatever it's, it's episodic and not like the character stuff right. continues, but each episode should be about something different Clean that reflects slate, the yeah. character stuff. But each episode has kind of felt exactly the same with those themes. So we are like, yeah, like a normal television show, you get the rising tension and the climax, but every episode has been exactly the same. So we're getting the exact same thing over and over and over and over again. Whereas like, I'm hope, at least I'm hoping that in season two and after that is we start getting more of a variety of the ways that we can talk about these characters that aren't just like doing the exact same thing over and over again. Like give me an episode where Pacey's car breaks down and yeah, like him and Joey go on an adventure and then like, like separate these characters a little bit and have them do stuff that isn't just the exact same things that they're hitting beat for beat. 
Yeah, they just made it so intimate and so closed. And mm-hmm. that's why I think this episode resonated well, I think, with all of us on the first watch is because we're ex- we're expanding our Dawson's Creek yeah. world here. We're actually getting more locations because the first three episodes, they basically all happen in the same places. It's the school. It's Dawson's house. In episode mm-hmm. two or episode three, we get introduced to the ice house. Cool. We got one new location. Mm-hmm. Then we go to the deserted beach island. We'll <laughs> never return there. Yeah. You know? So for the most part, everything is happening in the same places and the same kinds of things are happening to the yeah. same people. We're, we haven't gotten any real development on Pacey. We still haven't seen where he lives. This was the first time we had Pacey and Dawson... Pacey and Dawson, having right? A, having like, a, yeah. or no, sorry, wait, this is that screenplay video, but. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like in this episode, there's more of Pacey and Dawson's friendship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind yeah. of coming like to fruition. We're getting development. Yeah. And I think that we probably will get season one is mostly going to be an expository season. And when we get into season two and season three, it's probably going to, I'm hoping, <laughs> fucking fingers crossed, that we'll actually get real development and real like momentum happening, but it does feel like we're just kind of getting the groundwork laid for the wild like train to just go crazy on the tracks and we just have to see where it kind of goes as Mm -hmm. it starts to move forward. I did love, I mean, it was like such a brief little window that we like talked about, but like that tiny, tiny little piece where they weren't talking about, I mean, they are still talking about a relationship, but when... Dawson does talk about his parents and like he has to go tell them and and there's like a brief little hint of Pacey going, I'm so sorry, man. Yes. Like yeah. there's like that yes. tiny little window of friendship and I'm like, yeah. give me more of that. I want more of that. Yeah, it was that specific moment. I was like, yeah, like we don't get to see, we haven't seen that yet. Yeah, it was weird for me to be like, wait, Pacey is right? <laughs> I thought you were the worst character Do, who is are constantly- Are starting to like Yeah. Pacey? Is this where it begins? Yeah. Yes. I, is this it? I are mean, we- <laughs> I he's starting to be vulnerable. Like he's- yeah. He's starting to be vulnerable and he's starting to explain his behavior mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. by showing. He's kind of owning up. Where to, he, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I think on that point, it is time for our final commercial break here. So we will be back on the other side. Ah. Hey, folks. Did you know the number one way you can help us grow is by telling your friends about the show? Hey, that rhymed. New shows like ours thrive on the power of word of mouth, which is why I'm here now asking you to please tell a friend about Freaks and Creeks. We've got an intro episode that is perfect for dipping a toe into before fully committing. You can share it with bit.ly slash freakspod. Thank you for listening and spreading the word. Now back to the episode. And we're back. At the Man Mead household, Dawson's dad is getting ready for the big 20th anniversary plan, dinner thing, whatever it is. <laughs> Dawson realizes this is his one-on-one moment, so he tries to drop the bomb of Mrs. Man Meat's affair, but Gail pops in and the affair stays a mystery. Uh, Dawson's dad is like a dog. That's all I have to say. He's just like, what, son? You want to talk to me? <laughs> and then Gail walks in and he's like, oh, time for a walkie? Okay, bye, son. Like, he complete. he's just like, sorry, didn't you have something to say? No? Okay, cool, bye. <laughs> yeah, when Dawson is like, clearly not going to say anything. So he's like, I just hope you have a really great yeah. anniversary yeah. dinner. He goes, wow, thanks. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah wow. Like, oh. <laughs> Why go? Why 
my golly. Cool. Oh, God, that's the nicest thing anybody said to me today. I, <laughs> I am a good boy. <laughs> Do you think, I mean, a lot of shows go off the rails and this show will definitely have a moment where um, they jump the shark and this show will no longer feel like what it used to. Do you think we'll ever get an episode where someone turns into an animal? God, I hope so. <laughs> like, there's an episode of uh, Family Matters where Steve Urkel creates a machine that he steps into and it makes him cool. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. And it's like his alter ego. Yes. I forgot what I his alter that. ego Stephane was. Stefan Urkel? Right. Yeah, it was, yeah, was it Stefan? Yeah. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> it sounds familiar. Yeah, and so like, and then uh, Laura, you know, his Urkel's love in that show is like, she's in love with the cool version, right. but not yes. Steve. Yeah. So I wonder if this show goes off the rails at some point and they do some crazy Dawson shit. Like turns that. into Cliff. Oh. Mr. Man Me is goofy. Yeah, we already had, oh, <laughs> you, like that you character. Mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hope he turns into a dog. We go to the ice house where Joey and Jen fail the Bechdel test and only talk about Dawson. <laughs> Joey explains that Dawson suffers from only child syndrome and Jen thinks that Joey is trying to scare her off of the relationship, but Joey offers some terrible advice and says she'd do what Dawson is doing and just wait for him to grow up and, and he'll come around. Joey is super transparent and says that she's stupid enough to wait forever which, if I were Jen, I'd take this as an enormous red flag that Joey is extremely in love with Dawson. It was like two AIs talking to each other. <laughs> like, good evening, Jen. How are you? This is what young boys think girls do in their free time is just talk about the boys in their lives. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is like if I were teaching a class on like how to not write women in television. <laughs> this is the scene I would show because yeah. it's like the the only thing they think about is Dawson. I mean, this is, I don't know, maybe this show ends and it's all been a dream of Dawson. <laughs> and like, this is <laughs> yeah. just a projection of like what he thinks is happening in the world around him when he's not in the room. Of course, this is what he assumes. That they're only talking about him and their relationship. Yeah, I don't have much to say about this scene other than it's clear that Joey is in love with Dawson. Yeah. Talk about that fucking awful advice, though. It's like, yeah, he is a piece of shit. But you know what? If you just wait forever. Yeah, but she also says he's one of the good ones and that she would wait like she's in love with Dawson. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean. Well, and Jen kind of senses it. She's like, are you just trying to like scare me off yeah. or something yeah. like that? And jo and Joey's like, no, um, all the good ones are bad with girls when they're young, yeah. basically. It's like, no, you are trying to scare her off. Yeah. I guess I just wish we had evidence that he was one of the good ones. Yeah, instead of a... <laughs> right. Incel. Yeah. We finally see Miss Jacob's house, and Pacey is in her bed reading Time Magazine's 1998 Person of the Year edition, uh, which for those who don't remember, the Person of the Year was a shark. And he's <laughs> asking her how many men she's been with. She says she's only been with three people and one of which is Paisley, which makes him grin as though she just gave him a gold star on his report card. So um, I did look up the actual person of the year in 1998. Oh, who it was it? was Bill Clinton and Ken Starr. Yeah, baby. Times person of the year in 1998. Who's Ken Starr? Uh, the lawyer who was part of the impeachment Attorney. of Bill, uh, the, the process of impeaching Bill Clinton. They were both person of the year. That's fun. So, yeah. so it wasn't a shark? I wish Surprisingly. it was. <laughs> I just love how casual it is that he's just it's hanging fucking out in her, in oh, her bed right. reading a magazine. In it's her like, oh, okay. White wicker bed. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like so entirely noisy. wicker bed. <laughs> yeah. All of her. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, her bed and, and. Her lamps are in the shape. They're like house, houses, little like house lamps. Yeah, it looks like she bought they're everything the from the houses. store that oh, Dawson yeah. was in her <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Everything's wicker. <laughs> oh my God. I bet she's yeah. living in a furnished apartment. She just moved into town. This is what she's got. Right, yeah. But I couldn't get my mind off of the fact that Pacey's just got a stinky ass feet right in her face Ugh. and that neither of them cares. It's just his little socks, his little stinky socks just right there. She's just happily reading at his feet. It just felt like a very domestic scene. It felt like we pressed the fast forward button on their relationship for yes. about nine months. <laughs> yeah. And then all of a sudden yeah. we're just hanging out in bed. Cool. With our clothes on too. It's not like they just had sex. It's like they got the note. No, they can't be in bed after sex. They can be on the ground after sex, but yes. bedtime. No, no. They need to just be reading magazines together. This is a relationship that has been through so much that they're very comfortable with one another. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Already. Yeah. Already. Yeah. yeah. After one date and two kisses and some some smacking time. It's mind blowing. I mean, smacking like, time. You know, you know, lip smacking, lip smackers. <laughs> Chest. Now you yeah. know the thing you do. You know where you, where you uh, let your lower lip dance. Mm-hmm. Oh baby, she's um doing like paperwork. Do you think she's like grading? Yeah. Do you yeah. think she's grading like his homework at that <laughs> same point? She's like, I, wow, I'm dating a moron. Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think she's making uh, him a test cheating key. Ooh, for Ethan Frome? Ooh, yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah, She's like, oh, you're oh. illiterate, so I'm going to yeah, <laughs> give you this. I need to give you the answers here. Also, so here you go. silly little thing here that that Shark's, um, <laughs> the <laughs> Time Magazine, that Shark's F- one magazine issue yeah. was from 1997 in August. So, oh, so wow. Tamara probably has a Time Magazine subscription oh yeah and she's got old time magazines lying around oh my god you know what's the best though it's like i i love this this is a really good headcanon that a 15 year old boy would be going through something to read and he's looking at time magazines and goes oh cool sharks yes exactly (laughs) out of all of the probably all the time magazines she has that are like some you know probably cultural or like yeah he picks like the sharks yeah and not only that but also she's the english lit teacher so you know she has like actual books and shit around her house (laughs) and he's like no 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 not eat sharks Sharks. yeah is there men's health or time magazine also water like (laughs) interesting he's the shark of the creek is he the predator yes Yes. apex predator of capeside Pacey. <laughs> Do we even know Pacey's last name? Witter. Witter? I looked it up because, yeah, mm. on the Got wow. Milk ad. Like, yeah. Okay, but it never, oh. we've, we have not heard it, I don't think. Maybe it's like a Cosmo Kramer thing <laughs> that we find right. out much later. I think I just when I Googled like Pacey Got Milk at it, it came up with Pacey Witter. So, huh. yeah, but I don't know if we've actually. In if, canon. No, I don't know if they've mentioned it in the show. Well, that fits because they haven't really told us anything about Pacey. Yeah. Her, I can't wait to meet sister. his three sisters. Yeah. Can't wait. So back at Jen's grandparents' house, uh, <laughs> Jen treats her comatose grandfather like Agent Cooper's voice recorder for <laughs> Diane, telling him all about how Dawson and Grams thinks she's a slut and how she doesn't think it's a big deal and hopes one day that it won't be a big deal. I loved this scene. I thought it was so fucking weird. <laughs> and also, like, you know, 
I feel like we have at this point in time heard multiple stories about how somebody was in a coma and their family was talking to them and they got out of the coma and they were like, yeah, I could hear everything you were saying. Thank you so much. Like it made me feel not alone. And I'm just thinking about poor Gramps who was just like, my granddaughter is a slut and everybody hates her. Caressing (laughs) his hand, telling her grandpa about her sex life. Yeah. Yeah. She was like really, really touching that hand. Yes. My heart hurts. (laughs) This is where my theory comes into play. Okay, so we know that grandma and grandpa are numerologists. They've got their, they've got some kind of weird cryptic code as is portrayed through housewares in their house. And we also know that Nellie Olson and her dad are eternal vampires in this town. <laughs> there is some lost boys that come through, Anderson Crawford on his boat. Yes. So here's what I'm thinking. Gramps is actually a Van Helsing style vampire. <gasps> he's sick. All right. That's why he's in his deathbed. Graham, grandma is her his partner in crime. She is, you know, keeping all his secrets safe, i.e. the numerology all over the walls. And this is where it gets a little bit spicy. They're trying to protect Jen because there is a secret vampire cabal that is spreading throughout Cape Side. Oh, my God. That Soft B Bob <laughs> is the mouthpiece of. Because I don't think Gail is involved with this vampire takeover yet, but I believe that Soft B Bob is. <gasps> Whoa. Okay. So this whole time we've been questioning... Why is Gail with Soft B Bob? Vampire if her lure. Va- yeah. Uh, She's been lured y- using, y- using uh, the vampire's charm. Yeah. She's been hypnotized. Yes. I can just tell by the look on both Mal and Stella's face <laughs> that we have totally convinced them of this, Cody. <laughs> they're, yeah, they're freaking out. Stella, you can get off the wall if you want. <laughs> I know, I know. This is crazy, but this is, yeah, I mean, you're onto something. This is Salem's Lot. Um, Everyone is bad. You'll all find out this is true. I'm on board. Okay. I well, wasn't on board until the pins. Like when you start talking about the numerology with the oh, pins. Yeah. Yes. They're like stakes. See. Oh my Wait, God. Oh, the rolling yes. pins. I was like, yeah. pins. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And the bowling pins. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I'm glad that I got that out there. Thank you. <laughs> Fans write in. <laughs> is James know. right? <laughs> <laughs> and in the Twitter poll, the only answers that you'll be able to use are yes and yes. Yeah. <laughs> so in the final scene of the episode, Dawson is having a sad sack Elliot Smith moment at the town's makeout spot, established from the last episode being the ruins. And, and Joey interrupts his moping and he's still pinning up this front that, you know, he's mad at her. She tells him that Jen came to her for advice and Dawson turns it around to say that he feels like his friendship with Joey isn't what he used to be. They have some best friend banter and hey, they're back, baby. They riff on how in their past life they were probably married for 50 years and have a back and forth on their imaginary wedding. Joey alludes to being his wife, but that Jen was his date and he had a choice between them. There is an explosive sexual intention between them that opens the door for a smooch, but Dawson backs out of the sexy riffing and it ruins the sexy moment. Joey gets up to leave, reiterating how much fun their fake wedding was and walks away, not without stopping 20 feet away to turn back and look at him longingly as he continues to mope and stare out at the water. Cody, Cody, Cody came into our room today and said something about how um, he he had a vision of our past life when (laughs) we had a wedding and (laughs) he brought Michelle Williams. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, I really don't understand that concept. I, it's like, the, yeah, what? Why did they bring, bring dates? dates to their own wedding? Yeah, like, what? I, it felt I like even in their fantasy life, they couldn't conceive of them being yeah. actually romantic, which was what really right. confused me. Yeah, what is that saying? I'm, I was, confu- I, it really confused it me. I was like, wait, are we flirting? Or are we not flirting? It, it feels like we're platonically flirting even in our most mm-hmm. romantic fantasy we don't have romantic intention i honestly think that joey's flirting obviously totally. and i think dawson is flirting but he doesn't even know that he's flirting yeah. i think he's of just course. like <laughs> we're yeah. having fun he was clueless <laughs> yeah yeah because yeah. this is fun yeah. playing pretend we've always been playing pretend huh yeah, yeah. really weird yeah it's just a really strange scene and i i don't know yeah i wonder like i mean they are like have such a close friendship i wonder if it's like sometimes they feel like an old married couple where it's yeah. like yeah well, the so way they were like bickering like bicker. yeah, yeah. yeah yeah so i don't know i don't yeah, really. like leave it at that though. yeah don't yeah, like, like yeah. fantasize about a wedding and that that you brought dates like is it like i wonder I don't know. Yeah. This scene is so wild to me. I know I like, I really harp on people that like want things to be as realistic as possible at all times in media. Like it's a story. Like we're, you know, we're supposed to have some fun, but this, this scene does not make any sense because Dawson's moping. She comes in they for literally 30 seconds. And I can only assume that the ruins are like somewhere very far away from like the town. So she came for 30 seconds. They have this tiny moment. She goes, well, I'm going to leave. And then just leaves. (laughs) And then he just like, as if nothing happens, is like, keeps, I'm going to keep staring at this water. It was like yeah. so weird. <laughs> so maybe I'm getting too heady here, but my thought as we're sitting here discussing this is the reason that they're still incapable of having a truly romantic fantasy about their past life is Joey can sense that Dawson is gay. Oh, right. Like why would, why would we be having yeah. this Faux, this faux marriage, right? right. Where we're getting married, but even wondering. then, in this fantasy, we don't yeah. have romantic intentions because or it's like people it's, think they're supposed to get married. Right? It's a beard. Know? It's a beard wedding. Yeah. Right. Like for yeah. social acceptability, this is still the nineties, right. of course. Right. So for social acceptability, we would get married, of course, because we're best friends. Like we get each other. But like, I would bring a date because I don't really like you. I mean, that's weird. <laughs> I wouldn't want to kiss you or anything. But like, yeah. but yeah, we'd get married. Right, so even then they 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 don't know why, but even even then yeah. they still can sense that there there's a level of incompatibility that they would just never be able to surmount. Mm-hmm. That's my headcanon read there. I had the same thing thought when we were as we were discussing this. Like it, it's almost as if they, you know, because they're close. It's like we would get married. Like that's like right. you know, that's what's but expected. Then yeah, that's what's expected. Um, it would never yeah. work out, right. but yeah. I hope the series finale is their wedding and um, <laughs> that they've brought dates. <laughs> yeah. Dawson brings Pacey. Yeah. <laughs> Jen or Joey brings Jen. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know who the rich man the rich, is then. Yeah, the rich guy at the bar. The oh, boat guy. Anderson right. Crawford. Exactly. Anderson. Yeah. Wow. It comes full circle. That was the first thing I thought of. Yes. This is also the first time in the show that I've actually thought that people have good sexual tension because I thought they were really going to smooch. Yeah, it seemed yeah. like it. Yeah. And he shoots her down totally. so unceremoniously. Because she goes, did we save each other that night, Dawson? And she and looks he goes, fucking devastated. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just kind of lose after that. Yeah, it's, like, it's pretty hazy oh. at that point. So <laughs> maybe 
<laughs> I honestly can't tell if Dawson, the character, is clueless or if this is like James Vanderbeek just being a weird actor or like yeah. what it is. Is he consciously knowing that he's shooting her down? It seemed clueless to me. The, yeah. the way that he acted that was like, clue, he's clueless. But how can you be so clueless the way that Joey's yeah. talking to you? Why does everyone keep saying he's so perceptive? <laughs> I know. I mean. He's dense. He doesn't understand. He doesn't understand what's happening. And I don't get how he doesn't see. Dude, this is. You are leading her on so hard here. And the conversation was so clearly aiming for one purpose and one purpose only. And if Do it's you not, think that you think that Joey was going there to try to get a kiss out of Dawson or to try to get some kind of emo like physical intimacy. I don't think that she was going there with that in mind, but the conversation like was so engaged with that, that going. that it's like, as soon as they started talking about their fake wedding, it's like, we know where we're yeah. going. Actually, yeah. even before that, when they were talking about the whole, like, where is our friendship at this point? Like, does it belong in a museum? Is it right. dead? Yeah. It's like from right at that moment, yeah. like, okay, so if is we it still on the table. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, are we friends? Aren't we friends? And it leaves with her just leaving him alone and her saying like, this was what I mean. It, does that mean that they're just like, what are we in Dawson's mind? Is he just like, well, that was a funny situation. Right. <laughs> this water's crazy. <laughs> Yeah, and interesting, you know, we get Dawson just looking out over the water at the ruins, you know, we've kind of tried to theorize about water, about what water symbolizes in Dawson's Creek universe, what the the symbology is there. We've kind of talked about the passage of time, coming of age, all that kind of stuff there. So it's, I don't know, I feel like I just can't help but feel like Dawson knew what he was doing like he knew he was shooting her down there but he's keeping his options open i don't know it just feels like the strangest interaction there i was i i the more i watched that scene the more i don't understand what that scene was supposed to be telling us because it really was like well i mean things are still on the table for us right like yeah this whole thing with jen isn't really working out but like we could have been a thing couldn't we and they're both like totally could have been a thing maybe <laughs> And then it ends with, maybe not. <laughs> maybe not. But yeah. but also with Joey being like, I wish it was still a maybe. Yeah. She, yeah, this isn't going to be the last time that she no, tries this. No way. Yeah. This is going to mm -hmm. go on for the whole show, for sure. Yeah. I would have I, guessed like, oh, this is going to be a season finale thing, but the trajectory of the show, this will be the next episode. Yeah. 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 Um, I did think it was interesting, like, you know, Dawson kind of says something about how like they haven't really been getting along yeah. or like their friendship has been rocky for the last like few weeks, few months. Yeah. Um, you know, and then like in the first episode and like the first scene, that's like, they talk about how like they're, they're changing because they're teenagers right. and mm -hmm. he's, he kind of brushes that off, but now it's like, okay, that's kind of flipped. And we see that because of him having interest in Jen or, you know, all these different things that have come up now he's the one that's like, yeah, I don't, I don't know about our friendship. Yeah. I yeah. That was interesting. Well, should we get into our ratings for the episode? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Well, who wants to go first with their rating? I'll do it. I give this a three and a half out of five. It's an enormous jump from the previous episode, which was a big old sack of shit. Um, <laughs> the, you know, obviously like the Pacey, you know, Tamara is her name. Um, that stuff totally sucks. And we've been there, done that. Like we all hate it. 
I don't think I need to reiterate that right. anymore. Um, that'll always be what it is. But uh, like a lot of the stuff was breezy and fun and nice. And it had a lot of stuff that I really wanted the show to be, which is like light relationship stuff and like light drama. And um, I feel like we're finally learning a little bit more of Pacey that he's not just an incel school shooter, that he actually has a vulnerable side and he's putting up this toxic masculinity front um, because that's what he had to do in the 90s. And right. Dawson still sucks shit. But also for those similar reasons. And he's still a growing boy. And I just wish someone else played it because him doing the baby boy stuff sucks but um yeah like i'm still enjoying the show and i thought this was like a pretty good episode so yeah i feel like i'd probably give it a three um i don't remember what i gave the last episode but it'd be funny if i gave it a higher rating than three <laughs> because i like this episode more but right um yeah i just i feel i, f I just feel so bored with dawson um, and I'm a bad protagonist I'm, and I'm excited. Like, I just want a little bit more of the other characters, you yeah. know, like I, mm -hmm. I really like Joey. I really like Jen and I want to know more about them and I want to know more about Pacey and I'm kind of tired of seeing Dawson's stupid face. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I think I gave last episode a three and a half. So I'm going to give this one a four cause I, again, liked it a little better than the last episode. Um, I agree on seeing more of Pacey and like the relationship between him and Dawson, their friendship. Um, also tired of Dawson, but I'm, I kind of like that he's getting some like slapped in the face a little with reality. Like let's get him out of this. Let's get rid of this like fantasy thing, like, and have some, you know, different things happen to him. I don't know. Um, and by the end, I, it kind of left me wanting to um, kind of know where other people are going, you know, where other stories are going. More, I need more Pacey, more Joey, more, yeah. yeah. I also want more creek shots. More, yeah, yeah. more creeks. <laughs> I want I want to see more of Joey rowing around. Yeah. yeah. Also, I what did. tease to establish that yeah. in the first episode and we never get more of her just happily running to the water yeah, or paddling the up the creek. I also felt like by the end, like, I had this thought of like a storm's coming because like yeah. it felt mm -hmm. like Dawson, it, the, it, everything's kind of caving in. And the next episode is titled Hurricane. Yes. So it's a yeah. good buildup, yeah. I think. I think, yeah. Interesting. I feel like, I, okay, so I am going to be a voice of dissent here and I'm going to give this an episode a one Ooh, out of fuck, five. dude. And <laughs> what? <laughs> worse than last week? Yeah, worse than last week. And <laughs> the reason really is because of all the things that we've talked about so far, right? Like I love that we're getting more world building. I love that we're getting a little bit more development on other characters. But like you, everybody has basically mentioned at this point, I'm fucking tired of Dawson. I don't give a shit about his <laughs> struggles with being the only good guy in a world of bad guys because that's basically how he's positioning himself. It's this very gross kind of representation of, of I don't know, of, of boyhood that I, I, I just don't like. Um, I will say I would give this episode a five out of five on the vampire lore yes. exclusively. <laughs> So, you God, know, um, yeah, they really gave us a lot. They really gave <laughs> yeah. us a lot here. So, oh my God, I just had a really great idea. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh my God. So sorry. Okay. You know, <laughs> okay. <laughs> how Dawson is like making his stupid movie. Yeah. The uh, swamp thing. Yeah. We could make a movie Ooh. of 
of like the Dawson's Creek characters with this vampire. Oh, yes. I love this. Yeah. And start to insert that into our podcast <laughs> or something. Our commercial breaks will yes. be trailers yes. for our vampire teen drama. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> I don't know what you mean by like inserting the vampire stuff because it's already in Dawson's Creek. Yeah, it is right. canon. Yeah, yes. of course. Sorry, you mean accentuated? I meant you meant like I that's meant, the focus. Like that's the that would be the. No, we would just like we oh. would insert our movie like clip like we would record a movie. We would make a movie mm-hmm. like Dawson, yeah. mm-hmm. and then oh, we would like yeah. give our viewers snippets of it. Sign a up vampire for movie. our Patreon. Yes. A vampire oh, movie. okay. You'll you'll be getting. We're okay. So actually, if you're listening to this at this point, we have actually inserted the full movie into our episodes. The only trick is the podcast is audio only, so you aren't getting any of the video. So and the video is amazing. Video is really really <laughs> it's good. It's so cool. So if you really want to see the video, you have to subscribe to our Patreon, which may or may not exist at this point in time. But and, and it's so unreal that we reached out to Ari Aster and like without like hesitation he was just like i would love to make this uh vampire movie for you that no one will ever see (laughs) that only people can hear the audio of okay please use the scream track yes i was about to say anytime anyone screams yes i I just can't believe that we got bram stoker's sign off and that we were able to use dracula in this plus nosferatu makes an appearance too so so you guys are really missing out on quite the opportunity (laughs) here for cinematic treasures um but yeah, I go back to a one out of five <laughs> on my rating. Um, all right. So coming up next week on Freaks and Creeks, we are going to be watching episode five of season one of Dawson's Creek. As we have just discussed, it is titled Hurricane. And the plot summary is when a major hurricane strikes Capeside, all the principal characters take refuge in the Leary home. Oh my God. All oh my God. of them. All of them, every Whoa. single character, <laughs> Tamara, <laughs> including Joey's very pregnant older sister Bessie and what? her boyfriend, yes. where Jen's overly religious grandmother does not hide her bigotry towards them. Oh, oh my oh, god! Wow. Yes. Dude, oh my god! I'm so oh, this is gonna be great. Was not expecting that. Oh my god. Okay, but I wow. want to. Okay, my first first question is um, with the with everyone going to um, the, Leary the Leary's house is. Gramps like rolled in on his yeah. like green. Oh my gosh. Like, what? Well, he would be vulnerable to vampires if they didn't bring him over. Yeah. So. Oh my God. I didn't even think about that. They got to protect him. Yeah. Unless they surround but him I, in a circle I was, of salt. I, I was wondering, like there was no um, Joey's sister in this episode. Um, so I was yeah. wondering if she's going to have her baby soon. She'll oh, have right. a baby during the hurricane. Ooh, in the bathtub. Yeah. Oh my god, this is this is such a good opportunity for vampire shit because god, a yes. vampire can't enter your home unless you invite it in. Yes. And so mm. people are going to come to the house being like, there's a storm out here, you have to let us in, you have to let us in. And Dawson's going to be like, well, of course we're going to let him in. And yeah. everyone else is going to be like, dude, that's a fucking vampire. <laughs> I'm god. so excited. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. yeah um, Looking forward to that. I can't wait now. <laughs> okay, well. Yeah. Recommendations? Oh, oh yeah. fuck yeah, we do that, huh? <laughs> I can go first. I guess I went last last uh, during the the last, last last time. So my recommendations this week. Um, I've been playing a lot of electric guitar recently, and um, as part of that, I've been listening to a lot of kind of fun psychedelic music. <laughs> so my recommendation this week is going to be two uh, artists, and I guess some specific records. I've been listening to a lot of King Gizzard and the Lizard with. Oh yeah, of course. If you all don't know King Gizzard, they're a great Australian. I don't even want to necessarily 
categorize them, but I would probably say like psychedelic rock, jam rock band. Um, they have 20 records, which is insane. They have a huge discography and they're the kind of band where like chances are they have a record that you will like. Regardless of whether you think you like psychedelia, you will probably find something you like. I would say if you're looking for a place to start with, um, I'm in your mind. Fuzz is a great place to start with. It's really fun, very jammy, very like easy to listen to. Or just go back to their very, very first album. I believe it's called Willoughby Beach. Let me just verify that. Yeah, Willoughby's Beach. It's a great record, um, really fun. And then the other thing, if you are maybe a fan of King Gizzard um, or maybe you have heard them but you aren't like super down to dive back in, I'm going to recommend the band Naked Giants. They're from Seattle. They are a psychedelic garage rock band. They have several good EPs and albums. Um, I'll go ahead and recommend their album Slough. It was from 2018 and it, it's got a bunch of really good, uh, really like just fun fun music to listen to. It's a, it's a, a trio out of Seattle and they're, they're awesome. Hell yeah. Um, I, I guess... I will recommend Westworld. <laughs> I am watching season one for the first time. I'm having a lot of fun. Um, I think we only have like three episodes left of the first season. Wow. Big um, stuff coming. Yeah, it's been a wild ride. Um, yeah, that's all. That's all I got. I will recommend the show Minx on HBO. Um, I'm going to read the synopsis here. In 1970s LA, an earnest young feminist joins forces with a low-rent publisher to create the first erotic magazine for women. Ooh. And that low-rent publisher is a publisher for porn magazines. Yeah. Um, and it's just great fun. Lots of good, like, 70s fashion. Um, a lot of nudity. Tons. <laughs> but it's hilarious. And, yeah. Jake Johnson. I'm watching. And Jake Johnson. Yeah. Love Not that Jack guy. Johnson. Yep. <laughs> there's a, a special place in hell for um like the mid aughts uh like guy acoustic bands like i'm shout out to gavin the Gras, um <laughs> jason moraz yes. yeah. jack johnson some other john mayer i guess he kind of like came out of that i know john mayer is one of those people that like he was so easy to hate and i think he still is so easy to hate but He's also really talented and it kind of sucks that he is as good of a guitar player and as, as has had such an influential stamp on music because I want to hate him. I really do. He's a scumbag, but he's really good at guitar. He's really fucking good at guitar. I'm a big uh, deadhead and... He plays with the dead now, yeah. right? Doesn't he... Uh, he does dead and company. He's, he's the new Jerry? He Yeah, he does take the place of Jerry and he's amazing. I didn't want to like him, but then I watched him do a Dark Star and I was like, fuck, this guy's amazing good stuff he knows how to play that goddamn guitar real well cody what's your recommendation <laughs> uh i got a music one um what? my what 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 i got a music one uh my recommendation is um not only to listen to black midi go see black yeah. midi live if you don't know they're a, a an english uh post-punk band but unlike their peers, they're like super influenced by experimental like noise music mm. and jazz. Their shows are insane. I just saw them for the first time and I haven't been to a show like that in a really long time. The crowd reaction was very cool. People were going nuts and 
Uh, Black Midi only played for like 50 minutes, but it was an enthralling 50 minutes. And I later found out it's because their drummer kicked a hole through his uh, bass drum because they were going <laughs> so nuts and they tore apart. They tore it apart um, oh. after the show. It was a lot of fun. Get into it. They're yeah, sick. They're I great. also saw Pine Grove earlier this week and uh, for all you pine nuts out there and they were great. <laughs> it was really heartwarming. I had a nice time. Okay, well, wonderful. That is this week's episode of Freaks and Creeks. Um, please go and follow us on all the socials. It is at Freaks and Creeks Pod. Find us on the internet. Um, follow us. Tell us we're the best podcast you've ever listened to. Uh, rate us and review us on any of your podcatchers. And please, if you aren't already, which if you've made it to this point, you probably are, but please subscribe and uh, tell us your deepest darkest secret yep tell us your deepest darkest secret and uh we will see you next week on freaks and creeks see you bye i had my tongue in your mouth miss jiga perfect because i literally just started the recording <laughs> right before you said that so that'll be the very first thing <laughs> mm, great <laughs>